0: Against the wall! Come on, tough, tough! Seriously, move it! I'm not scared to come on! I'm gonna stab your heads off! With what? With what?
1: With my dear yeah. hair. Yeah! And blood's gonna come out of your head! There's nothing you can do about it! Cause I'm a madman! <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It not- kinda hurt my throat. <laughs>
2: Denny, denny, denny. you make my heart sing hello and welcome
0: to a brand new episode of fascinated with films what up <laughs> we might sound even clearer than we normally do because for the first time in 3 months i am laying eyes on justin because <laughs> justin's decided he's like man you guys are doing outdoor pods in the backyard <laughs> i want to be part of that that's right so, <laughs> we are at the quarantine table yeah. an extra long table in the backyard so if you hear some random bird noises, it's bonus, yeah. bonus for you.
2: Little cicada noises from <laughs> the south.
0: I know, man. We're just bringing it to you. Uh, so, yeah, we are back with Wild Card. Hopefully everyone enjoyed, what was last week? Last week was Spy, Spy three.
2: 4. Spy was, 3. Yeah, okay, 3, yeah. Dave wants a 4. No, we're <laughs> sticking that 3, man. Paul is it's, vetoing <laughs> Spy 4. The only uh,
0: subject matter that got more than a 3 was our comedy. We did 5. Yeah. We did that 5-part comedy, which was, was like the easiest lists to come up with. Was it the 80s comedy? 80s, Yeah. what oh I say 80s, 80s yeah. yeah,
2: dude, we could we could do five more. It was so
0: easy, and there's ones that I've been wanting to put like some on the wild card. I was like, oh, I must have talked about that on our five part '80s, and I went back and I was like, no, I didn't mention it at all. Wow. so that's pretty cool. So, so I was, but you're weak. You're you look a little, uh, you look a little on edge. You look yeah, like a little, a little pain. You're wearing your uh, your girdle there So yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it my championship belt. <laughs> um, yeah, last Saturday. So I, I can't remember. I think I might have mentioned on the previous pod that uh, you know I've got an opportunity to get my captain's license to go and and be a charter boat fisherman which I've wanted to do my whole life and last weekend we hadn't even put the boat in the water yet and I was loading the boat and I went to go and hop down and my foot caught on the edge and then took out my other foot and I fell from like five and a half six feet and just landed like face plant pretty much on my face like Uh. I got a nice little mark there on my nose But, man, it threw my back off, and, like, every day this week, my back's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And if if y'all at home could have seen me walking in here today, you (laughs) might have thought that I was, like, method acting, an 85-year-old, you know?
0: (laughs) Can't be jumping around like you're 20 anymore, man. No, and that's the thing.
2: Like, I was talking with the captain, and he goes... Dude, you got to understand, you you can't do that anymore. <laughs> and I said, I'm starting to believe yep. you.
0: <laughs> my girl, she's not listening, so I can talk about her clumsiness. Man, she runs into probably five door jams a day. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I do that constantly with my shoulders. Yep. Her
0: hands, her everything. She's she's got like nerve issues too. So a lot of times she can't. Uh, she'll stop feeling stuff. So mm-hmm. we've been we were at the Chinese restaurant like a year ago, and she's just she's carrying soup in her hand, and yeah. then all of a sudden she's not, and oh, she doesn't no. realize that she even dropped it. Yeah, just shattered on the ground. She's she's got to purposely think, hold on tight, because her nerves are kind of all shot to hell. Yeah. Yeah, every time she hits a door jam, I'm like, I saw it coming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I got my problems coming up soon. (laughs) I've got back problems too, man. i have too much at the same job. Seven days a week, 365 year, uh, days a year. Yeah. No time to recover. Do you yeah. have time to recover? You got you got to work soon?
2: I mean, I was supposed to be working this week. I did as much as I could, but I yeah. ended up having a—I basically worked a day and a half yeah. this week. So you got I, a
0: couple more days off to kind of let it uh,
2: heal, at least, at least the weekend? Yeah, I'm hoping I can get back to work on Monday. Yeah. I have a doctor's appointment on Tuesday, but even then it's only an over-the-phone appointment, so oh, yeah. I don't really know what they can do, but, you know— Fingers crossed. Yep.
0: Yeah. Zoom, zoom. Those Zoom calls, man. Yeah. I've been to a couple doctors, uh, and uh, luckily I have a doctor's office that's, like, super empty and super clean, mm. it seems like, because, uh, yeah, it's kind of scary around here.
2: Yeah, if anybody <laughs> hears me start screaming out obscenities, it's only because <laughs> I tweaked my back. I was
0: like, I was like, it's only because I live in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so we got some wild card, man. I always love our wild card episodes. We get to just throw out those random movies that we haven't talked about or just couldn't fit into a category or just plain forgot about. Uh, and I picked five really, really good ones here. I will be honest. We were going to do the pod last night, and it just wasn't working over the phone. That was the other reason uh, that we're here. And since we ended it, I was like, well, I got some popcorn. <laughs> I got some uh, I got some time. I'm going to put another movie in. And one of my movies switched oh, yeah. uh, from last night. So if we had done this last night, my list wouldn't be the list that it is now. Oh, okay. So I'm excited to, uh, to make the switch. The other one will probably just be moved to another one of our wild card episodes. But, yeah, uh, but, yeah it works out well. So, yeah, like I said, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this pod, but after, uh, we're definitely doing a uh, wild card next week with Dave, too. So me and Dave are going to do a wild card. Me and Justin are doing this week. So we've got a uh – We've got a slew of good random movies to talk about uh, today for everyone to listen to.
2: I want to file a complaint because I don't get to do the double wild card, man. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I give Dave the
0: equipment. You yeah. guys could uh, you guys could meet up, and that would be kind of fun. Yeah, that would you be. You guys can uh, uh, ninja run all Paul. Thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> pop in every once in a while <laughs> in the editing room. <laughs> yeah, which
2: by the way, the Robert Lozier insert was oh, yeah. fantastic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: it took me a while to find. I was like, I know we talked about that goddamn thing. I said I knew I used it at the end at yeah. some point too, so Robert, Lozier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are always fun little uh, clips like that I can throw in there that uh uh just happen to be there uh but I say we start right off, man. We see how wild this thing can get because I have uh, I do not know Justin's picks. so uh, it'll be interesting to hear what he's uh, what he's come up with and he does not know mine. yeah,
2: it's about to go down. all right. <laughs> and speaking of of being deep, i'm gonna I'm gonna go off the deep end with this first one and pull a real wild card because this first one, is a movie nobody should ever see.
0: Oh shit! You, yeah. picked, you picked a movie that you don't like. Yes, that's taking a right route with the wild card that I never even thought of. Yeah, I know, right? It
2: actually gave me an idea. Like maybe we should do like a trash. No, movie no, we episode. should. We should
0: totally do a one like that. But the problem with that is we're gonna have to try to recall what we. We think don't we don't like. like about it because we haven't rewatched it yeah. in a while. Because I bet there's some movies that are on my trash list that it, probably are better. I just saw them at the wrong times.
2: This one I realized this morning on the way over here just thinking of how much I detest it. I was like... This might give, for me, once upon a time in Hollywood, a run for its money for the top spot of worst movies I've ever oh, seen. Oh, it's got to be,
0: because at least, he, I mean, uh, just because he didn't like it doesn't mean the acting wasn't The great, acting, right? the <laughs> cinematography. It was the yeah. only uh, best actor award that uh, Brad Pitt's ever won. Yeah, which too. is crazy, crazy to yeah, me. He's yeah, he's so much stuff that he's been in that's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, I loved uh, Seven Years in Tibet. still one of my favorite ones. No one gives that movie any love whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I remember you talking about it's that one, but I've amazing. never seen it. So good, dude. So good. So, you, might, uh, you probably won't like it though. It's slow. Yeah, it's, no, that's, it's slow. And I think it's that's just as slow as <laughs> <Dave says. laughs> And I don't mean slow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna trash this one and I'm gonna trash this actress for just a minute, but I promise it's
0: not like she hasn't been trashed before. Yeah, right, but soon.
2: I promise I'm gonna give her some redemption in just a little bit. Oh, okay. So this first one is twenty twenties Kristen Stewart in underwater.
0: Man. You picked a Kristen Stewart movie, and it's not one of the vampire movies. It's not. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> now, I've heard of this. I saw the trailer when it first came out, and uh, that's all I know about it. I know there's one good actor in it, uh, Vincent Cassell. Yeah,
2: Vincent Cassell, and also uh, T.J. Miller is in it. And I really oh, like yeah, him. Oh, yeah, he's
0: funny. He's he, the guy from Deadpool. Deadpool, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's, in uh, some, he's uh, also in... Uh, he's in some trouble right now, so he's probably not going to be doing much. Which I was actually he's really... He's the sup- Mucinex guy, too. <laughs> yeah, well, and he's
2: also, he's in uh, Ready Player One. He plays that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love his role in that movie. Yeah,
0: he's got that voice that you can recognize immediately. His
2: sarcasm in comedy is is just what does it for yeah. me when it comes to him. He
0: was the one that held the camera. That's right, yeah, he
2: gets like one quick two-second shot. at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so this movie is, is, it's almost Leviathan or, uh, Sphere. The Abyss. Yeah, The Abyss. Like, it's a deep underwater, like, suspense movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's, I think it's meant to be kind of a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. But the psychological aspect is missing.
0: Like it wanted to be Annihilation, but it was not Annihilation. Yes,
2: absolutely. <laughs> which we haven't really
0: talked about much. You talked about it once, but you had to be very kind of, yeah. which you have to be with that movie. such
2: a fantastic I movie. I love it.
0: I need to let Dave borrow it so he can see it yeah. because uh, I loved it. I've yeah. only seen it once and it was one of my top movies that I saw last summer.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think you let me borrow it recently, didn't you? I think, did I? Either that, or I got Maybe. it off a of Redbox. Now that I'm no longer on the blacklist for Redbox, yeah. Um, so the, you know, so the movie starts off they're they're down in the Mariana Trench. Um, I believe it's kind of like I don't think it's a scientific uh, like discovery. I think they're like drilling for oil or okay. something like that. Um, I'll tell you, I, this is the movie that I've been saying, I, I hope it's not the last movie I've ever seen in the movie theaters, (laughs) um, because it starts off and, uh, Kristen Stewart is down in this, you know, underwater base or whatever you want to call it. Um, and she's in the bathroom and she's like, well, it's like a locker room. Um, and she is like looking into the mirror and she's like very depressed and almost like she's on the edge of like an anxiety attack. And you're kind of wondering, like, okay, what's going on? And all of a sudden, the whole structure gets shaken, you know, and it it begins to create, like, a giant leak inside. So, I mean, dude, if you're in the bottom of the Mariana Trench, like, you got to get out of there, you (laughs) know. Um, But the way that they do it, and at least for me, I was like... Is this some kind of a, a hallucination or a flashback or a dream sequence something Started like off that confusing because as well. because within the first like 3 minutes of the movie this happens you know what i mean it's her looking into a mirror feeling uneasy about herself and then boom there's an emergency situation with no explanation mm-hmm. at all and you're going to find out what's going on and why that's you know happening um and so immediately there's i believe like there's like 6 or 7 people Um,
0: Is uh, Vincent Cassell the captain?
2: I don't remember if he's the captain. Mm -hmm. I think he might be. He's Um, got I would
0: imagine. He's got that kind of, he's like the head of everything when you ever see him because he's got that kind of great uh, presence.
2: Yeah, you know, oddly enough, one of my favorite things I ever saw him in was, I think it was Ocean's Twelve.
0: Oh, I never saw Ocean's 12. He did well. he like this
2: capoeira type oh, dancing stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. I think
0: you had told me about yeah, that.
2: Yeah, he's amazing in that movie. Yeah,
0: Eastern Promises, he was so good. Oh, at, yeah. He and was, uh, Black Swan. He was the, I didn't he, see he that He was one. the evil fucking, oh, you got to see Black Swan. Man, oh, wow. Um, That's some cicada action for you. I know, right? Welcome to
2: Florida. <laughs> Bonus. Um, and so very quickly, you're introduced to the entire cast with no real explanation of who anyone is. Because so poor... Uh, Character development, for sure. Poor plot line altogether. Uh, Now, are
0: you the type of person, because I think I can... I can last a little longer in in movies and hold on a little longer where other people are like, well, this movie sucks. Right. Or or are you the type of person that decides within the first 10 or 15 minutes if you're going to like this
2: movie? With this movie in particular, I was as patient as I could possibly be. (laughs) I I think I probably made it about three quarters of the way through the movie before I was like...
0: Oh, you realize this isn't going to be rewarding at
2: all. No, like I I was like, you guys have not explained Mm -hmm. and I'll get to it in just a second. Anything that's going on, any background information, it's just run that's the whole movie yeah, yeah, yeah. and like i need some explanation during the storyline mm-hmm. and and there's just all these random things that happen
0: and there was a was there a supernatural element or was it a straight up uh, disaster
2: so we got to walk it's a monster movie
0: yeah
2: and Basically, there's these underwater creatures. Okay, so real quick, because I got to tell you about my favorite scene in the okay. whole movie, and and this is this is worth seeing.
0: This is like the Brad Pitt and the dog scene at the end of uh, that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so they they have to get outside, and they have to walk from one of their stations to another station, and it's like a mile away or something like that, and that's like the substation to mm-hmm. get to the next station. Um, so they all suit up and everything like that. And because of the pressure with the depth that they're at, mm-hmm. they have to make sure that none of the, the glass on the front of their helmets are mm-hmm. cracked. Yeah. So, um, one of the people... It's poor
0: construction if it is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but his name is Momodu Athey. Um, mm-hmm. He's the one who's responsible for checking everybody's suit before they put them on and, and get them, you know, set up.
0: I'm guessing he fucks up. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, he, he doesn't necessarily fucks up. He more or less sacrifices himself for the rest of, for the good of the other people because he realizes that his particular helmet has a small crack in it. Oh Jesus. And as they start going down the elevator and a bubble
0: gum on the inside. Oh, my Come gosh, <laughs> dude,
2: something as they start going down the elevator and the pressure starts to increase, he starts to complain about, you know, Mm-mm. but he's trying not to. And Kristen Stewart sees what's happening and she's like, we have to go back. We have to go back. They said, there's no time. There's no time. So they get down to the bottom and the thing opens and his suit depressurizes Ooh. and he implodes oh, man. inside the suit. And I mean, I'll tell you what. If you were to ever see that, I would really imagine this is exactly what it looks yeah, like.
0: Yeah, it's interesting when you see that or that element comes up in movies before because usually you don't get to see that, so it's everyone's kind of interpretation of it. I remember uh, The Abyss had it with Michael Biehn, but well, that was a ship that exploded. Yeah. Remember, he was in that little kind of cockpit It was like a little tin fought. can that just, just crinkled. And he screamed and then it just blew up on him. So yeah. I could imagine someone's, like, inside their head type yeah. of thing. And, and that's what, what it, it is. It was bloody as hell, too. Oh, I just, mean,
2: it just goes boom. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, like, you hear him screaming for just a second, and like, dude, it's graphic. Like, it's not just a quick Snap of a like if there was more of
0: that in this movie, so the acting, how was the acting? Was the acting that kind of was it all script kind of related or was it acting too?
2: Um, to me, it was script related, there was just a lot missing, you know. Um, TJ Miller was the comic relief and and he made it fun. I enjoyed, I
0: mean, that's what he's that's his job in almost every movie they put him in, yeah.
2: Um, and I enjoyed everything that he did. Um, so she was kind of the main character, um, she she was uh, like.
0: So, I I found you either you either like her in the role or you don't, you know, because I find sometimes that she's a little wooden in roles and you can kind of tell that she's just not interested. And I that might come a little bit because she's actually said that in an interview mm-hmm. where she's like, "Yeah, I just wasn't interested in that role." i was like, "Come then, on, man, don't pass say it on. Yeah, don't say that shit. First yeah. of all.
2: <laughs> um, no, I mean, she was good. Again, I think more than anything it was a script issue. Yeah. I think they want I think this had potential to be a good movie. Yeah. They just didn't make just it. Didn't make it. So they finally get to the bottom of the ocean, and they're they're walking from one base to another. Mm-hmm. And as they're walking, it's almost like this jellyfish, squid, white kind of thing mm-hmm. flashes by the screen, and they're like, "What was that? What was that? Turn your lights off, you know, because it's it's attracted to the lights and mm-hmm. ends up grabbing somebody, pulling them away." So now you know that Pitch they're black. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so now you know that, like there's something out there, yeah. you know, and that's what intrigued me about this movie. like,
0: oh, okay, something might happen here. exactly,
2: you know, and I was like, okay, this this could be worth it. I like monster movies, you yeah. know. Um, and so, as they go through, they have to basically it's like a video game. They have yeah. to get from stage to stage to stage, and some people don't make it along the mm-hmm. way, you know, and i'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and ruin this because don't go see this movie um (laughs) spoiler you've been warned yeah jump uh, forward
0: five minutes yeah if you want to see it
2: um so they realize that these things are like these monsters and you think that they're like maybe like eight to ten feet tall Mm -hmm. something like that and as they're going through their journey they come to this portion and i think they have like an underwater flare that they have to like shoot off Mm -hmm. and it shoots off and it it goes to like this four hundred foot version of these things and it's oh, cool. it's phenomenal looking like yeah. it's so cool. Also, the little ones are all attached to it. Yeah. And so like they're growing off of it, you know. Um it's and it's like so,
0: tremors, seeing the little tongues thinking those are the things and realizing there's something bigger it, Exactly. These,
2: yeah. So so the implosion scene and the and the reveal of the yeah. monsters are two really good scenes. It
0: it seems like a movie that it's it's a kind of uh uh, combination of like five other movies that if you watch separately you have more of an incredible time yeah, watching Yeah, absolutely. It. Nothing's worse than watching a movie for me that w- during it that I could... I, I mean, I'm a script writer anyway so I'm going to constantly be doing this when I watch movies but when I, when it's so easy for me to just... Uh, to edit that the movie that I'm watching in my head to become a better movie, I'm a- automatically out on that type of thing. Yeah. Nothing frustrates me more than seeing a great trailer. And I have several movies that I bought here that I'm hoping that I can bring myself to like. <laughs> There's movies that I, I swear... I swear that I would have fucking loved him going in to see him. One of them is The Crazies. Do you remember The Crazies? I don't. It sounds uh, familiar. Where everyone had this, like, uh, everyone... It was kind of like Mom and Dad, where everyone went nuts all at the same time, and oh, half the town was turning yeah, and everything. Uh, Timothy Allthat was in it. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it was it, decent. It was decent, but it wasn't great. The same with Pandorum that came out that same time. I own it, but and I try to rewatch it all the time, and I was like, it's just lackluster, man. It just doesn't kind of kick it for me like it
2: should. There's some Pandorum-esque parts to this movie. Yeah,
0: and... It, Anytime you do that type of, uh, underwater and in space are like exactly the same to me. You could literally put those, they're two places that were not there enough where people aren't going to be living there. So it's a perilous enough. And it's that, uh, that art of survival that those are almost interchangeable. So
2: yeah, there's like, there's one specific quote that just literally popped into my head just now. And, um, one of the doctors that's with them you know, starts to kind of freak out about mm-hmm. things, understandably. And she says, don't you understand? We're not supposed to be down here. Yeah, Whatever's yeah. down here, we're not supposed to be yeah. here, you know. So, like I said, I'm just going to ruin the ending. So, it's going to be satisfying for you, so you never have to watch it. Um, so, they they finally get to where, you know, the, the home base where the escape pod is so they can float up, you know. And there's a malfunction with uh, somebody's suit. And Kristen Stewart's like, well, you're going to take my suit. And you're going to make it, and I'm going to sacrifice myself. And, you know, as the big monster discovers her in, like, the control tower where the self-destruct thing is, it's coming right at her, and she hits the self-destruct thing, and she kills herself, and a couple of people survive, you know, and... It's I mean, so,
0: so rarely works in movies for me unless you're defending your kids or your spouse or something like that. Yeah. Not these people that I work. And with.
2: And that's the thing is, I just couldn't develop a care for her character. Yeah. You well, know?
0: and if she's willing to sacrifice herself, that's the reason. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that just confirms why I don't give a shit about her. Yeah. Why should I care about her? She doesn't care about
2: herself. Yeah. <laughs> but I pray to the movie gods <laughs> that I can go see any other any other movie in the movie theaters one more time. So that is not the last movie it's that funny, I. Funny what get you were talking. I
0: looked up on Fandango and go to see the last movie I saw in the movie there. And it was in, what is it, July, like... 17th 18th, right now yeah. something like that uh, last movie I saw in the movie theater is probably the last movie Dave saw in the movie theater it was Friday January 10th uh-huh. that 1917
2: that's movie. how I figured it was <laughs> Yeah. thank
0: God for the, uh, me that that was that's a good movie to end on if it, yeah. it has to be the a- head <laughs> yeah. movie yeah. I'm sorry for you though yeah. <laughs> have you seen that movie yet
2: no I actually I almost rented it the other yeah. day but I just wasn't in that the mood for that and Ford for...
0: versus Ferrari man <laughs> yeah. you will not be disappointed I have them here I can lend them to you before oh, you leave Nice. there you go save your dollar because uh, you got some of my movies anyway just put them uh, put them. With those, yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely.
0: Uh, two great movies that you, you'll love. Those are guaranteed ones that you'll love, uh, especially that 1917, where you can watch as a one take uh, movie. I mean, yeah, actually, it's like eight takes, but yeah. it's still great. All right, my first movie here, and I'm going back and I got like some. Uh, I was looking at my list here. I got mostly 80s. I got one 90s on here, but the rest are 80s movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, this first one here is one I don't think most of these. I don't think we've talked about, and if we did, it was just kind of on uh, piggybacking on another movie we were talking about maybe. And this first one is 1984's Runaway. Now, have mm. you heard of Runaway? This was always a great movie to me because at the video store it was a great cover, and it, the cover's got Tom Selleck on it in the side of his head, and he's got this futuristic kind of pistol in his hand, and I was always like, what the hell is this? So the movie is uh, Tom Selleck. It's in the future, and it's directed and written by Michael Crichton, which Michael Crichton's wrote some of the greatest books ever. Jurassic Park and uh, Rising Sun and a whole bunch of those great ones, but people forget that he's directed a few of them. He directed uh, Westworld, which obviously has gotten super famous now, and he directed Coma with Michael Douglas, really great movie. The Great Train Robbery with um, Sean Connery directed, and he directed Runaway and he usually does something that deals with because he was a very techie guy. You know, when you think uh, Westworld West world and you think uh, Jurassic park, it's all dealing with uh, DNA manipulation or robots or something like that. And this Frightened was very mean. heavily robots. So what it was, was Tom Sillick was on the police force and his job was to go. Uh, robots have like taken over the service industry and almost every aspect of light, uh robots are a part of. And they're, and they're like these short robots. They're like clunky and short. It did not look good in 1984. Right. It was like they, they were almost all were like half the size of, say, uh, R2-D2. Oh, so, wow. It, it was square. It was like a box. Yeah. And they just had arms that came out. Chopping and they And they did style. stuff. They worked at, like yeah, like chopping mall yeah. style. They worked at like office buildings or construction sites or that, but they, they uh, uh, malfunctioned constantly, and they have to have a police force that just shows up to take care of the rogue uh, robots because a lot of times it's really violent. And what's going on is this evil, maniacal villain is uh, breaking into people's houses, or, or he's got these specialized, like, computer chips, and he's putting in all the robots to turn them evil, almost like uh, Maxim Overdrive style. Well, the right. villain is Gene Simmons of KISS. Oh, wow. Playing the most insane role you've ever seen. And he has, this is the one problem I always had with this movie, is... Uh, The gun that Tom Selleck had on his hand on the VHS cover Mm -hmm. was Gene Simmons' gun. Tom Selleck never has that in his hand. Come on, man. So I'm like, what the fuck? Why doesn't he have that in his hand? At least it would have been great if he had taken it from uh, Gene at the end. But this is a gun that Gene Simmons actually created uh, his character in the movie he's such a computer geek. And uh, it's like a heat-seeking... bullet, and it will go around buildings. Oh, wow. You can't run away from it, really. I mean, you can duck, and maybe it'll hit a trash can before yeah. it hits you, but it will go around, like, seven city blocks. He just has to shoot it, and then it kind of imprints on you, and they take it apart at some point, and they say, oh, my God, it's it's designed to hit you, and this and that, and it was pretty interesting. Uh, he's a wild man in this movie, man. It's not You don't get to see Gene Simmons in roles much. He was in Extract, and he was in a couple of random movies here and there, but he... Seeing him in a suit without the makeup, he's kind of a weird-looking guy, anyways, and he's yeah. got that stare. And I had heard a rumor that when they Michael Crichton brought him in, he wanted Gene Simmons to stare at him for like sixty seconds without. No, I think it was even longer than that. I think it was like three minutes. He wanted Gene Simmons to stare at him without blinking or, or uh, changing his eye line wow. everything. And he did it, and he was like, he was like, yard. He's, he's just kind of a, a maniac in the movie. And in the movie, he just stares at people down and everything. So the movie starts out. Where uh Tom Selleck is this is always the best kind of way to get your expedition out. He's training the new uh the newbie on the force and everything so he explains how the robots are going by uh, going around. So he's going to this house uh, one of the um, robots that takes care of the family, and Tom Selleck has one himself that works at his house, uh-huh. like a kind of like a Rosie from the Jetsons type yeah. robot, just shorter, Mister J. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, one has malfunctioned at a house and like killed three people of the family, and like, there's a baby at the house that it, oh, and wow. it's got a gun in its hand. It's like oh, shooting people God. and everything. So he has to go in, but Gene Simmons is in the crowd and he's just watching. So you know, Gene Simmons has had something to do with this, right? Um, Chrissy Alley worked her way into it, so the movie kind of... It, it shows them on like four or five of the different things. One of them is like a construction site where the robot up, up in the 15th floor is having uh, malfunctions. It's like throwing cement uh, cement like uh, bags off the like 15th floor and oh, they're hitting the dude. ground. And he's just doing it one after another. So they got to go up there and literally just flip a switch. Yeah. And they even mentioned, can't you just flip the switch? He says, that's not in our insurance. That's what you guys are for. Oh now, but it God. also established that, uh, and it was done really well too, that uh, Tom Selleck had like a crazy, fear of heights. Something happened, and they showed a flashback, and uh-huh. uh, something happened in a job, and he couldn't go up, so he had to let his partner go up to the 15th floor. This obviously worked into the ending, where he has to go up to, like, the 30th floor, right, and the, yeah. the, the rickiest of elevators to kind of... Uh, and it had a great kind of uh, uh, cat-and-mouse thing between him and Gene Simmons, and uh, the end of it was awesome. And the end of it... Uh, not I won't ruin any of it, but uh, he, Tom Selleck has to go to the top of the building, and... Gene Simmons has, like, 30 of these, like, bug-looking robots. They mm-hmm. were, like, the size of a football, and they look kind of gnarly. And they have needles that are coming out the front of them. that he says that he's got poison. He's, like, screaming it up to him while he's going up the elevator. Watch out my robots. They got poison in them. Oh, wow. And everything. And then the robots are, like, jumping at him, and he's got to, like, move away from them as it's climbing, like, the grate of its old-school elevator and everything. And uh, so fun, man. It, w- it was one of those kind of wild kind of... Very 80s movie. Yeah. Uh, when you see like those 80s tech movies, that nothing kind of uh, kind of puts their stamp on the cheesiness of the 80s when you try to do futuristic tech. Oh my god! Especially watching it now, when you go back and you look at those computer screens, like, and dude, it's that's like, just a
2: trash can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was fun. You never had caught that uh, back in the 80s. No, you know, I'll tell you. This is a, a little guilty admission here. I'm going to make. You know when it comes to Tom Selleck, and oh, I like crap. oh I, crap, We're I like Tom, this shit down. No, I, I like Tom Selleck. I do. <laughs> um, the only things I've ever seen him in was Magnum PI and like the three men and a little baby and the quickly three down under. Men. Nope, you never saw quickly down under. Saw, oh my god, you no. love quickly down under. I've I've seen like I remember him. Alan Rickman's a bad guy, man. I remember him like near a river wearing a brown hat. At one point, and, and like I think my dad might have been watching it at some time, and trying to think, he had of like big... a rifle or something oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Outback, it was. Great. Oh, is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. but outback. that's literally like that. That's yeah. the only thing. That's I the remember one. From I, you that.
0: know, now that you mentioned Tom Selleck, I mean, I there's not a whole lot of movies that I can pull out of my ass uh, other than Runaway, Quigley Down Under, Three Men and a Little Baby, Three Men and a Little Lady that I could really think of. I mean, is I heard there an, he's great on Blue Blood. Oh, no, you need to see uh, Innocent Man. You never saw that? where you No, had to go to and, prison. I, and I, oh.
2: I. I I went with my dad to see that. I need to let you that. borrow
0: that. I just let my mom borrow it.
2: I went it. to see that in the theater with my dad, but I was so young that I oh, had yeah. zero interest in it at all. It was one movie, of those yeah. where he was like, here's five bucks, go get some quarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it, I mean? It was a straight like, prison movie, too. And yeah. it was
0: It was so good. Yeah, I'll have to let you borrow that, because that would change your mind, uh... So it's not that you don't like him, you just, no, haven't, I like seen Tom you just haven't seen much of him. I ben.
2: just never found much interest in the movies that he happened to yeah. be in, because at the same time, when I was at the age when He, does Tom, a lot, he makes a weird choices, too. So. Well, but at that time, you know what I mean? Like I said, Three Men and a Little Lady, I mean, that had to have come out in, what, 92?
0: Oh, it's got to be the 80s, right? No, I, don't I think know. it's the 80s. Either like way, 80, like I saw that in the theater. So that's
2: where I was age wise yeah, yeah, when yeah. Tom Selleck was kind of big. So the roles that he was taking yeah. were well beyond my comprehension. In the
0: 90s, he, he went to, he played, there's a weird series called the Jess Stone series that he's done like. Ten of them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he did High Road to China, which I love that no one's seen but me. That was a great one. That was kind of a ripoff of uh, Alan Quartermain and all uh-huh. that. That's another one of those ripoff Well, I heard movies. he
2: was great in Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods is the show
0: that he's in now and everything. They, he played Eisenhower in the movie Ike, which was really, really good, too. So Very uh, cool. Yeah. All right, what do you got, man? All right. I'm so excited.
2: I I I promised some redemption for Kristen Stewart. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and get that out of oh, the way. Oh, you got another now. Kristen Stewart movie? Yeah, believe it or not, I can't believe <laughs> this is probably- I like Kristen Stewart too. I, I, do I have too. no
0: problems with her, but I it's kind of some of her choices and some of uh the role she's playing. I I loved her in the uh the, the movie I just talked about was The Runaway, but I loved her in The Runaways, which was that Joan Jet movie that she did with Dakota Fanning and Michael Shannon, I thought she was amazing in that. And oh, Panic I never Room, saw that she one. was great.
2: Um so Vampire movie? No, no, that will never be on my <laughs> list. Maybe, maybe worst movie list. The first uh, one
0: wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It, yeah, it
2: wasn't. It wasn't my thing. Um, so before I say the name of the movie, and you'll probably guess it once I say this, I've always been fascinated by the MK Ultra program. Have you ever heard of that? No, what's that? So it was a CIA, and it, I mean, it's a factual, documented thing. It was back in, like, the 60s and 70s. Um, the CIA was trying to do mind control by using... Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, MKUltra. I know what you're talking about. It's like Majorian Candidate, basically.
2: Right, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this movie is American Ultra.
0: American Ultra? Yeah. Oh, is this the Tom Cruise one? No, this, no, was,
2: okay. uh, this was Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, that's, Kristen why Stewart. that's why I didn't watch it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Kristen Stewart, Topher Grace, Connie Britton, Walter Goggins, John Leguizamo, Bill Pullman. Not uh, a lot of
0: good people. Well, the last three were all great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, I love Walton Goggins, man. You put him in anything, it makes anything. Oh, yeah, really absolutely. Yeah. Dude,
2: I love his character in Predator's. Like, oh, yeah.
0: He's great in everything. Yeah. He really makes TV shows, too. That Vice Principals. Oh, my God. He was so great in that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, this this movie starts off and Jesse Eisenberg is the main character and Kristen Stewart is his girlfriend. And he's kind of this, you know, how he always plays like a jittery kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah That's his thing. Well, I think that's his personality yeah. in general, you know um and he he just works at a gas station you know he's just a, a cashier at a gas station he's a huge stoner he does you know mushrooms and stuff like that and sounds he sounds like it- lex Luthor to me yeah right <laughs> i forgot he even did that role oh, so bad uh no it, it was not good um and so the thing is is like he lives in this very small town um so he's constantly getting in trouble because like he's got a lot of, like, anxiety, OCD, like, all these different, like, you know, paranoia-type disorders, and that's why he does all these drugs, you know? Um, And, uh, like I said, Kristen Stewart's his girlfriend, and so Topher Grace works for the CIA, um, so does Connie Britton, um, and what you come to find out is, is that Jesse Eisenberg was part of, like, an MK Ultra type mm. program and didn't know he had gotten in trouble when he was a kid and volunteered in order not to have to go through the legal system to be a part of this experiment, you know? Mm. Well, everybody else went crazy that did these experiments, except for him. He was the only one. But he has no recollection of it yeah. at all. Not until um, he's triggered in some way. Absolutely. <laughs> and so Topher Grace decides that... He's got something called uh, the Strongman Program, which Walter Goggins is like his main guy. He's, his name is Laffer because he's from an insane asylum and he just laughs all the time. It doesn't matter if somebody just got beheaded; he laughs at it. You know, I can see that. Yeah, no, he, he's he's a pretty good character in this movie. Um, and so Topher Grace decides that he's going to have his team take out Jesse Eisenberg. Well, Connie Britton was the head of the program for for Jesse Eisenberg, so. She's, she, you know, he's like her baby, you know what I mean? She, you know, pr- made him through this program and gave him a secret identity and everything like that. And when she finds out Topher Grace is going to try and take him out, she goes to this little town and she activates him with the code word. Very much, very similar to... uh uh, the Avengers movie with the um, uh, the so uh, Winter Soldier.
0: Oh, okay. You yeah, know yeah, the
2: red yeah. book that yeah, activates yeah. him. You know she has like a phrase mm-hmm. and it's just random things put together, and she goes and <laughs> sofa. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she goes to this to this Jiffy store where he's working, and she says the the activation code to him, and he just looks at her like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you're trying to say, but it makes no sense at all. And she like apologizes. She said, like, I'm sorry, you know, I tried and she walks out. Well, shortly after these two guys show up to like take him out. And he walks out to like have a cigarette or have a coffee or something like that. And they're like messing with his car. And he's like, Hey, get away from my car. And they turn and they see him and they come over to like go ahead and take him out. And he has a spoon because he was making a, a cup of noodles, mm-hmm. and he has a metal spoon. And dude, he just kills these two guys in like five seconds mm-hmm. with this spoon. <laughs>
0: the magic of movie making. Yeah, no, I mean, but, <laughs> I even make Jesse Eisenberg look Yeah, like no, badass. I mean, he
2: instantly becomes Jason Bourne. yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. you know. Times ten, you God, know. Man,
0: it would have been. It's, it's such a great premise to me if he wasn't in it. I, there's not many actors I dislike too, <laughs> the, and, and the thing there's is, only a handful of them that I just can't get into for some reason. The thing is, everyone's is got theirs. His
2: typecast character mm-hmm. is perfect for this character, so he actually pulls this role off pretty well.
0: The problem is, is every time he look, every time I see him on screen, I just. I, I can constantly, in my head, being like, you know it would be better in this role? <laughs> this person, this person, this person, and everything, and it just disappoints me. Right, so, basically... The only thing I think he was perfect in was probably the Facebook movie, the social network. You
2: know, I never saw that one.
0: Yeah, that one he was perfect in, because that one, I thought, that kind of quirkiness, like you said, that he brings to all his kind of roles, I mm-hmm. think that one, it really worked well. I thought with.
2: he was good in Now You See Me. Um, yeah, I couldn't
0: get into that one, either. Yeah,
2: I like magic stuff. <laughs> like magic. <laughs> um, so... Basically, from that point on, Topher Grace realizes that Connie Britton activated him. And he calls in, like, a team full of people. And they shut down the entire town and say that there was some kind of, like, monkey with a biological disease that got out. And everybody needs to stay at home. Mm -hmm. And so him and Kristen Stewart are on the run, basically, because he doesn't know what's going on. He just knows all of a sudden, like, he's just a badass, you know? Um, and John Leguizamo is his friend and also his drug dealer, and he's only in a couple of scenes, but the scenes that he are in, he's in are, are really funny. You, just, you know? just
0: that was the perfect blurb for his entire career. Yeah. He was only in a few <laughs> scenes, but when he was in, he was great. was great. great. Yeah, exactly,
2: <laughs> you know? Um, and so, it's not much of a spoiler alert, you know what I mean? But like, you come to find out that Kristen Stewart was his handler gotcha. while he was in this program, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know that. I and... knew he couldn't get Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and and dude, it's 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 an action packed yeah. kind of obscure comedy at the same time. Yeah. Oh, it's comedy
0: also. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: just because of like his awkwardness yeah, throughout yeah. the movie and his badassery yeah. at the same time, you know? <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Even
0: while you're talking about it, I'm in my head, and I'm in like, Topher Grace would have been a better uh, person yeah. <laughs> to put in that role than him.
2: Maybe they should switch roles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a fun movie, you know what I mean? And there are some like little spoilery parts to it and stuff that I don't want to give away. Cool. Um, when when but, did this come out? Uh, let's see here. I got it actually pulled up for the first time in three months. Um, 2015.
0: 2015, okay. Yeah. I do remember the name. But I, w- I was confusing it with there's a Tom Cruise movie that has American something in it. Uh, I can't remember. What yeah, that I know Tom Cruise. The you're one with uh, Cameron Diaz. Yeah, like he's him.
2: he's like selling guns yeah, or they're something. Like, like, uh, they're
0: riding on motorcycles backwards and shit together or something. Yeah, like that yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so that's why I thought you were uh, going with it first. But nice. What's the name of it again?
2: American Ultra.
0: American Ultra. I like it. All right, this next one. And uh, this one even got more popular this week with a lot of the other stuff I had been doing. Uh, specifically with my eBay store that I've uh, been selling some, uh, co- selling and buying some cool 80s stuff. And I, I was like, man, this make, reminds me of this movie. I need to put it on. And this was a sequel to one of my top five favorite movies of all time. And this is 1986 Karate Kid Part 2.
2: Hell yes, I dude. love
0: me some Karate Kid <laughs> Part 2, and it does not get the, as love. And, and, Arguably, there's a reason for that, because number one was one of the most perfect movies ever made. I I absolutely love it. Uh, Same director, though, the same guy who directed Rocky, directed Karate Kid, directed Karate Kid Part Two. I didn't know that. Karate Kid Part Two, and the reason I had mentioned that it kind of uh, reminded me of uh, watching it this week is I had gotten some of the old 1980s Remco Karate Kid toys in. Right. And you remembered them, too, when I sent them to you, and I was was, uh, happy that you remembered them, because they're kind of an obscure thing. Oh, I used to have them. you, You had these great... Very almost photorealistic kind of figures, and they had levers on their back, and one controlled the arm, and one controlled the leg, and you could chop stuff. Well, each one came with like a breakaway wall, or the the Mr. Miyagi came with a pole, which I I ordered on eBay is going to be in my mail today. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm going to show send you a video later on Miyagi kicking that pole. Uh, John Crease uh, came with the breakaway wall. Uh, Daniel came with the ice that he broke, which is arguably the best scene in this whole movie. Yes, but. What I really enjoyed about this movie is, uh, if, if rewatching it, I forgot they did a great compilation of the first one, yeah. as it started. Right when it started, it had this great compilation with great music behind it, and almost to the point where I'm like, oh my god, do I have to go back and watch number one before I watch number two? Because it's reminding me of all the great stuff. Number one has such a uh, fondness in my heart. I loved it. One of the best movie-going experiences of my entire life. I've mentioned it before that I watched it with my, like, when I was brought... Probably eight years old with my friends, like holding each other by the shoulders and everything. At the end, when uh, goosebumps all of my arm when he did that kick and everything, the crane oh, kick. I just loved it so much. Yeah. Well, the idea that this starts and then it goes right into him in like the showers right yeah. afterwards, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. They continue right afterwards, and then that whole scene with Crease in, in the parking, parking lot. lot was so good with the sound. <laughs> we show so no good. mercy here. Oh god! And when you, it was like the only time that you saw Johnny be like decent and everything. Yeah. Mi- Miyagi goes over there to actually save Johnny's ass. Yeah, um, and then Kreese, which we get to see. Have you uh, seen the Karate Kid series at all?
2: No, uh, no, I remember you telling me they're about moving it They do it the to, backstory uh, It
0: was on a random, it was on like YouTube Red And uh-huh. I, I got free uh, I like a free trial just to watch it Yeah. And then I cancelled And then I got the free trial again to watch <laughs> season 2 And cancelled, <laughs> but now I think they're moving it to Netflix Oh really? So once it's on Netflix, everyone will be oh, able to awesome. it Oh that's awesome, I'm actually awesome, really
2: glad dude. to hear that it was that successful yeah, it, That Netflix picked good it up it, dude. So let me ask real quick, I, and I'm jumping ahead just a bit here But I, I'm a little confused Is this the one where Creese's friend comes in? No, that's three Okay, so this is the one where they go to Okinawa yeah when they go to Okinawa oh it's so So great
0: Uh, so uh, so he goes to Okinawa at the very beginning of the movie Miyagi's going back because his father's dying and uh, he's got to go there and Daniel uh, shows up at the airport and he's like I want to go with you I want to have this adventure with you and I, I use some of my savings and everything Miyagi tries to talk him out of him, and he goes. So the whole thing is takes place in uh, Japan, you know, in yeah. in Okinawa, and it, it was phenomenal. I love that whole lifestyle and how they showed how everything worked, and they got the you had the backstory that uh, uh, Miyagi and his best friend as a youth Sato was. Uh, oh, Sato, uh, I Sato! I forgot about Sato. Sato man, it was great. Oh man! I, what I loved about Sato when I'm rewatching. I like it, his geek. His his voice was like this through yeah. the whole movie yeah. until the very end when he was actually. He he came around to the to the good side basically, yeah. and his voice completely changes. Or he's not gruff like this anymore. He's like, hey, yeah, uh, yeah. how's it going? Yeah, <laughs> I always thought it was great if you listen to his voice from the beginning to the end, and then his like nephew becomes like the kind of or is it his son or his nephew? It's like, either
2: his son or his nephew. Uh, uh, but he becomes the, the nemesis. he's yeah. he's
0: like the Johnny character in this movie who who's button heads with. Uh, Daniel yeah, friend. I think it was his it was his nephew because he kept calling him uncle uh-huh. through the whole thing. And uh, he's basically been indoctr- doctored by his uncle the whole time because uh they're all pissed off. Everyone's pissed off at Miyagi because he, he left his family there. and he, he uh, it, They thought he fled a, a fight that was going to be with Sato and everything, so it was constantly calling him a coward at yeah. every moment. Coward! Yeah, that's and, right. And, and so his his nephew's calling him a coward. It's the day he meets him, and they bring him to the airport, and they said, you're going to fight me. And he's like, I'm not fighting. I'm here to see my dad and everything. Yeah. And then it's basically Daniel trying to adapt. He falls in love with uh, one of the girls that's, uh, that's at the village with him and everything, and they had some great moments. Moments, even though they had that cheesy '80s song, what was that
2: song? I don't remember they the during, song.
0: I will fight for your honor. Oh, and, that's oh, yeah, right! Yeah. Oh, yes, god, what the hell oh my it? god, <laughs> it's so cheesy. Oh, uh, it's, I, like, I, it's like it's like Sedacus or
2: something. Or, yeah, uh, I, damn. I know the song now. It got I, famous for yeah. the movie, but it was cheesy yeah. as hell,
0: man. But arguably, some of the best scenes were the ice scene for sure, yeah, man. When they definitely. went into the club, and you saw that they were betting on the ice, uh, they plates of ice that were stacked together and they were trying to cut through them with their hands and they were showing people not being able to do it and Daniel's like, ah, oh, see, he's not putting his body and he's not done it right, and yeah. then someone speaks up he says, hey, you show us, put your money where your mouth is he's yeah. like, no, no, no and then uh, Sato's kind of nephew comes in he's kind of bullying him into doing it and then all of a sudden Miyagi comes in he's like, I got the odds here, I I... Uh, got money, and he slaps the money down, and he's trying to talk Miyagi out of doing it, and he says, no, he's going to do it, and then yeah. Sato came in, and it became this whole thing, man, and it was such an enjoyable thing to, like, Miyagi stand next to him and everything, and go through that ice. It was so fun.
2: Well, And remember the little twist drums?
0: Yeah, the uh, uh, the drum technique is what he was teaching him through the whole movie. That's basically the crane Yeah. that at the end you got to see. Because you're watching it and you're like, is this a defensive move? Because remember he shows him with that... Uh, on The crane. Uh, it's
2: like an actual like hook on a crane. Yeah, it was like a yeah. hook
0: down by the water where yeah. he, he released it and it swung down you and it had like a spike on it and yeah. you had to dodge it. So I was like, oh, he's just teaching him how to dodge it right. But at the end when he's fighting the nephew, you actually they all start doing that drum thing and he just starts beating his ass like back and forth back and forth until he like just falls
2: down i remember two of my favorite scenes one is when they're on that little tiny kayak yeah and and daniel's trying to balance and miyagi's rocking the boat Mm -hmm. and knocks him off that's just a fun scene yeah um but also it's funny there's this this little piece of wisdom (laughs) remember when daniel breaks the bonsai tree and they have to go. That was three. Was it really? Yeah. I thought
0: that was in. Um, no, three. When he has to repel down. Yeah, like I thought that one. was when no. they were in
2: Okinawa. No, that okay, was. Okay, well, I'll wait till <laughs> I'll wait till we discuss three. Never was gonna happen. Wildcar, man. Yeah, the three know. was good
0: though. It had some good stuff. That was where he had to fight. That I kind always of, thought uh,
2: that guy was Steven Seagal. Yeah, that I white guy that he had to fight. Steven yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, that was a good one though. I haven't seen three in forever, and then the fourth one was with uh, Hillary Swank, yeah. which was which decent. It was I mean, it wasn't right. anytime you got to see Pat Morita doing his shit. I that role redefined him. I watched some of the old on uh, Sundays. They play some of the old uh, Happy Days episodes, and you get to see him as Arnold, the guy who works at the fucking. Uh, uh, kind of little restaurant and everything before he was replaced with Al. It was so crazy to watch uh, Pat Morita way back in the day doing that stuff. So I was always a Pat Morita fan. So it, And, I mean, he was Miyagi from that point forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. After that. Absolutely. Even when he was in collision, with Cor- yeah. collision-, <laughs> <laughs> collision- <laughs> course with Jay Leno. Leno. There's another movie no one sees that uh, I own that I was surprised I found.
2: That was almost like the first rush hour before there was a rush yeah, hour. Yeah, it really was. You know? It was
0: kind of pre-rush hour. So, yeah, Karate Kid too, man. So it's such a fun-ass movie to watch get the toys too. They're rare and they're uh you get those complete with the uh with those breakaway stuff, it's like 80 bucks a pop, man.
2: And if you're looking for them, I happen to know a guy who might be willing to get sell rid them. them yet. <laughs> I keep shit for a,
0: for like a year and then I slowly kind of uh move it out and reinvest so at some point maybe. All, All right, right, man, what you got? So I like not knowing what's
2: coming. I know it's fun, dude. Um it's wild. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um so now This is one guy who I think maybe we've mentioned once or twice on this pod. Another guy we've mentioned several times, but I don't think we've ever picked a movie that he's been in. Hmm. This is 1995's Houseguest. Oh
0: God, Sinbad. Sinbad fucking, and Phil Hartman. I just dude. bought this like two months ago. Did you really? Yep.
2: Oh man, I rewatched it like yeah. uh this week and, and just He's it, a dentist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: it's there was so many movies like this, like Opportunity Knocks was basically mm-hmm. the same fucking movie too. Yeah. But I mean Sinbad. It's Sinbad. <laughs> and dude. Phil Hartman.
2: Yeah. Like um and also uh his name is uh Stan Shaw. He's he's kind of just a, a character actor that's been in a few things. My favorite role from him, and he's got a minor role in this, but my favorite role is he plays the heavyweight champ in uh Harlem Knights.
0: Ooh, I wouldn't know. I've I've seen Harlem Knights, but not enough to he's know. He's got all. a real
2: bad stutter and he What does he look like? Um, I don't he, know. he. yeah, no worries. He he always
0: Oh, that's so weird! I'm gonna be talking about him in my next movie. Awesome, dude! Awesome! I'm <laughs> <That's laughs> so, so weird. I'm so happy and to hear I, went, that, dude. I looked through his thing to, because I wanted to mention him, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what movie you would know him from because he was in Snake Eyes. Uh-huh. He was also in Rising Sun. He played the uh, the security guard that got him all the uh, the behind the scenes footage and okay. everything. Okay, so he's been in a shitload, but he'll be in my next movie. Yeah,
2: he's great, dude. He, I, I I always enjoy seeing him and stuff. Um, he got big. He got thick. Oh yeah.
0: Because in Snake Eyes, he was the boxer. He was the boxer well, in the yeah, ring. Yeah. He, 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 he took was, that phantom punch and fell down. Yeah. Oh
2: wow. Yeah, no, he's he's the heavyweight champ in, in Harlem Knights. Oh, nice. so,
0: so he must have happened around that time he got big because the movie I saw him in in like uh eighty four, he was thin, man. Yeah. He was very thin. There's a
2: really funny joke because he study stutters in Harlem <laughs> and, and and stutters like I am now in Harlem Knights. And he says something, and, and he says, you know what I'm saying? And Richard Pryor goes, I do now. It took a minute, but I got it. <laughs> so Sinbad is, you know, just a regular dude, and he's, he, his goal in life is to become a millionaire. He wants to own a Porsche. He wants to have a million dollars. He wants to be successful. Um, his name is Kevin Franklin, um, you know, and, like, that's his whole deal. And so at one point, um, uh, Stan Shaw is his best friend. Mm-hmm. And he's also a tattoo artist that has a funny scene that kind of goes back and forth. When you first get introduced to him, he's tattooing this biker and he's doing a Harley. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the movie, the biker crashes through his <laughs> his, uh, his tattoo shop. And he's like, we need to talk. And he's like, what the hell is this? And he opens his vest up and it's like a scooter like on like his a chest. a Vespa or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so. Sinbad borrows $5,000 from basically these mob guys and uh, you're good, I just want to check my levels oh yeah, for sure Um, and so they come to collect but they tell him that with with the juice running, it's now $50,000 and you know, so he's like okay, yeah, give me one day and I'll pay you so he goes straight to the airport and tries to buy, you know, a ticket out of there. Well, they catch him at the airport and he runs from him and he runs past Phil Hartman, who's holding up a sign for his friend that he hasn't seen in 25 years. <laughs> and his kids ask, like, what does he look like? And he says, well, I haven't seen him in 25 years, but he's a tall black man. And, and that's about all I really he's know.
0: The, he's the guy from uh, Barney Miller.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah um, and he was in
0: uh, Serenity. He's a great guy. Just recently died, I think, over the, uh, like a year ago. I didn't know that. Yeah. Ron Glass was his name. Yeah, Ron Glass, name. man. He's um,
2: awesome. Yeah, his name in the movie is Derek Bond, who Sinbad assumes his personality. Yeah. So he comes up to, to Phil Hartman, and he's like, is that you? And he's like, Derek? And he's like, absolutely, that's me. <laughs> and he doesn't know anything about phil hartman he doesn't know anything about who he's supposed to be well it's funny
0: because ron glass
2: is like a very
0: i it's probably the not the best way to say it but he's like the whitest black guy you've ever seen he he's very kind of like uh, uh, prim and proper and uh he's like a he's a dentist and everything like that where sinbad's just very fucking Sinbad, outrageous you know? and, uh,
2: yeah phil hartman at one point says that during summer camp uh Ron Glass used to lecture them on bike safety before they went, you know? So that, like, tells you who his character is, you know? Yeah. Phil uh, Hartman was
0: constantly like, man, I didn't know this about you." Yeah, yeah, you know?
2: And also, uh, Ron Glass's character is supposed to be a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. so there's so many running jokes throughout the movie where Sinbad is, like, eating nothing but, like, for breakfast he has, like, muslicks and papaya.
0: And Phil and Hartman's he, always eating good stuff. Yeah, he's always
2: eating Big Macs and, and turkey and steak. Then grab it from some point yeah 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 at at one point they're sitting on a bridge and phil hartman mcdonald's obviously sponsored this (laughs) because mcdonald's is mentioned like seven times in this movie and at one point they're like having a heart-to-heart conversation and phil hartman's eating the big mac and sinbad just takes it from him and starts like just scarfing it down and he's like i'm sorry and he's like i have weaknesses you know and he's like no it's okay i'm glad to know that you're not perfect you know um so basically, it's Memorial Day weekend, and Sinbad is staying um, with this family, and they have the son and the daughter—the um, son was also in Sandlot. Um, I forget which character he was, but uh, I think it might have been Squints is, is who he was in Sandlot. Oh, yeah.
0: I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and it's funny. I was watching this movie. He's wearing this Jordan hat, this Michael Jordan mm-hmm. hat, through the whole movie. I used to have that hat. Probably so worth every, some money, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. So every time I saw that, I was like, damn, I wish I still had that hat. <laughs> um, and there's a really funny scene where Sinbad takes the kid to go and play basketball, and he's, like, just trying to drop him off. Mm-hmm. And these kids come and, like, bully him. And so Sinbad comes back. And Sinbad used to play basketball oh, yeah. in college. Um, and so he comes back, and he starts kind of talking shit to these kids. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't, we, why don't he and I play the five of you, and if you beat us, we'll give you this Volvo And if we beat you, we get your clothes. (laughs) And Sinbad just like destroys these kids, like physically. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a big dude, too. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. You know, and these kids are like 15, Mm -hmm. so like. You know, I mean, Sinbad weighs probably like 250 in this movie, you yeah. know? It was shortly after he played in uh, Necessary Roughness oh, when God, he was man. the linebacker. He was
0: linebacker. big back then, man. Yeah, dude. Anytime was... you can have one name and it just catches on and people know immediately who you are. And his stand-up was amazing. Oh,
2: absolutely. I love his stand-up. I have a
0: funny Sinbad story to tell you when you're done here. Oh, but go for it. So about three years ago, we had been, me and my wife had gone down to Port Charlotte, which is just like uh, three hours south of here to visit my, uh, my mom and my brother. And uh, apparently, um, well, my uh, my sister in law works at a um, doctor's office, Mm -hmm. and uh, Sinbad came into town to play a uh, a gig, a stand up gig, and had problems with his back and had to stop into her doctor's office. Oh wow! And they were so he said she said that he was so sweet to them that he offered them all tickets to the stand up show. So when we showed up at my brother's house, I'm like, "Where's Marcy?" She's like, "She's on the phone with Sinbad." What? <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait, Sinbad, Sinbad?" And oh she's my like, gosh. "Yeah." And so she's sitting there, she's talking to Sinbad, and she's I hear him. "Thanks Sinbad." And everything he says, "Well, wow. we got to go pick up the tickets and everything like that." And I was like, "What the fuck is going
2: on here, That's man?" That's insane, dude. Like, I'm super jealous know, of that. I know, man. I want to go see Sinbad. He's always been one of my favorites, yeah, dude, he's, because he's, his comedy was so genuine it's clean, and clean. Very clean, yeah. You know, but he still talked about life experiences and important issues and I stuff remember like when that. when he came
0: back, too. Remember he had done stand-up and then he had been gone forever. Yep, and was then like he came back for ago. that one year. And he was still dressed the same way, yep. still looked exactly the same, and he this, killed it. it was I think really it was good. called
2: Sinbad, Where You Been? Yeah. I think that's what it was. It
0: probably was, because I I loved it. I thought he was great. I always I think Sinbad.
2: my favorite stand-up he did was called Son of a Preacher Man.
0: Man, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. I,
2: if you can find that, watch it. It is fantastic. Yeah,
0: I know I've seen a lot of his stand-up before. So,
2: you know, so basically, he's on the run from these mobsters. This family has taken him in, thinking that he's somebody else. And they're very sweet and nice because they think he's somebody else, you know, and he ends up like kind of helping the family resolve some of their issues just by being who he is. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, towards the end of the movie, the mobsters find him. And there's this really funny scene where him and Phil Hartman are trying to get away from the mobsters Mm -hmm. and they're like, running through this 5k and Jeffrey Jones is in it, you know, um, uh, the principal. Yeah. Ed Rooney. Um, and he's supposed to be like the top seed for this 5k and they keep like cutting him off, you know, just like (laughs) randomly throughout the race and he starts getting mad. And at one point Sinbad starts to cramp up and, and Phil Hartman's like, I know what you need. Don't worry. And they go, he's like, this is a friend of mine's house, and they're having a barbecue, and they're running from the mob, and they just sit down and start eating like some barbecue chicken and <laughs> stuff like that. Like, <laughs> It's such a fun movie, dude. Those and,
0: those movies about uh, mistaking identities are always good, and they've done a lot. Like yeah. I said, Opportunity Knocks. Mm-hmm. Another one that came out the exact same time that people confuse with house guests because the name is so similar was House Sitter, the one with uh, Goldie, Goldie Hawn, yeah. was pretending to be Steve Martin's husband to the whole town that was uh, thought she was somebody else. Right. So it always works when you have the right kind of comedian into it. They could easily, you you put Kevin Hart and somebody in a movie right now, they could totally redo that whole thing, and it would kill. It would make millions of dollars.
2: So one more scene, and then we can move on. So there's this one character in it, and he's the daughter's boyfriend, and his name is Steve, but he goes by ST3i, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's even got shaved into the back of his head ST3, and he's like this, you know, gangster wannabe, yeah, yeah. you know, and he's like a senator's son, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And at one point, Sinbad sees that he's cheating on the girl, and when he decides he's going to help the family out, he goes and he tracks ST3 down and, like, says, hey, come on with me, we're going to take a ride. And so he gets in in ST3's Jeep, and he's, like, just flooring it, and he's passing people on, like, the shoulder of the road, and eventually he gets onto the train tracks and uh, starts, like... Oh, I remember this, yeah. He starts playing chicken with this train... And the dude would be talking like this all the time, and by the time the train starts coming, he's talking like this, and he's just like, "Oh my god, oh my god," you know, and he just completely changes that kid's character. But it's so funny. Was well, he
0: famous on that?
2: He's he's very familiar. I don't know who he is. Let's look him up. Um, there. I've got. I've oh, you got, got it there. Yeah, I've got it here. I just got to find him. Um, Chauncey? No, that's not him. Chauncey Lepart, uh, Lepardi was the the little boy. Um, I do not see. Um, I do not see ST3 on this particular uh cast I'm looking list that I here have here too. Let me see. Um but he's familiar. Um ST3. I just ST3. Yeah, oh my gosh, dude. It's so ST3. I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't see him here. Yeah, that's all right. all right. But uh yeah, dude, House Guest. House Guest. Such a fun
0: movie. It is dude. a fun movie. All right. This next one here, and we're gonna be talking about uh, what's his name again? Stan something? Uh, uh, I'll look it damn, back up. Damn I already mi- missed I know, him. right? We already know he's he's a great guy, man. And uh, he was kind Stan of Stan Shaw. Stan Shaw. He was in this movie as well. So, no, wait. I've already talked about that movie. He was Tom Selleck's partner in Runaway. So oh, We're, was not, he talking really? it. we're okay. not talking about him. We're well, not talking about him. A this. little throwback there. It's a wild card, bitches. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> all right, this movie super hard to find. They redid it, and it was not good at all. Uh, this is 1984's Repo Man. Now, they redid it, and they called it Repo Men. Is Mickey working uh, in this? The Repo Men. No, not this one. This was Emilio Estevez in Harry Dean Stanton. Okay. Fantastic movie. They redid it with uh, Jude Law in Forrest Whitaker, and it was bad. It was uh. not good at all. I had high hopes for it. And it, there was a reason it didn't work. This cost, like, it was an ultra-low-budget movie, and it... Uh, found its audience when it came on DVD. Now it's on, like, Criterion Disc, and it's, like, $30, $40 to buy. I ended up... uh, It's always been on my list of ones movies to find, but I had come across it a couple weeks ago and watched it. And, uh, man, I love this movie. Uh, So good. So, what was great about Repo Man is... It told the life of Milo Estevan, who's like a punk. He listens to punk music and everything, and it's almost—it's a distant future, in, in a little way where uh, it's almost kind of like RoboCop. When RoboCop, you could tell that the uh, the town was always just gangs are taking over and robbing uh, places. It's just an upheaval on this, and he was in this punk scene, and then he ends up going to—he um, ends up getting wrapped up and with Harry Dean Stanton, and Harry Dean Stanton just pulls up beside him one day and uh says hey man can you help drive a car for me my wife's uh broken down and i've got i can't drive my car And her car if you drive her car uh, i'll drive you to it i'll give you like 25 dollars and he's like sure that's fine so he pulls over to the car he gets a minute and he's like all right just follow me and uh he's he's getting the key in the car all of a sudden someone comes out running and like smashes the window and starts trying to reach in and beat the shit out of Emilio Estevez and you realize that Harry Dean Stanton just got him to steal the car for him oh wow <laughs> and so he follows him to the uh to this uh kind of junkyard you realize, oh shit, they're repo men. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton's a repo man. Just repoed that car and just wrapped up Emilio Estevez in doing it. Oh wow! And Emilio Estevez is not very happy in it until uh, he's like, I ain't, he says, "You you were good, man." He says, "You want a job?" And he's like, "No, I ain't no fucking repo man." And the, the secretary hands him like uh, like fifty dollars or a check or something like that. He says, "Yar now." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "God damn it!" And then he he kind of stays away from it for a while and then comes back to it. Well, a big point to uh, make at the uh, the opening of the movie started off. This movie is wild. There's a major supernatural element to this movie, mm. and it starts right off with it. You see this guy driving the Chevy Nova, and he's getting pulled over by a motorcycle cop. Motorcycle cop pulls him over. The guy's weird. He's got one, he's got a pair of glasses on. Him. One of the uh, glasses is completely Blacked black, out. and the other one's kind of completely normal.
2: Automatically, so I yeah. want to know what's underneath nah, I want to know what the yeah. that all gooey and shit? I need <laughs> to know.
0: <laughs> so the cop pulls over, and he's like singing to himself and rocking back and forth. You're like, what the fuck is up with this guy? And the cop's like, what do you got in the trunk? He's like, oh, you don't want to look in the trunk. He's like... Pop the trunk. He's Uh, he's like, okay. He pops the trunk, and all you see is this bright white light, kind of like Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you see a red flash, and you see his skeleton, and he gets fucking vaporized, and all you see is the cop's boots and everything. And then the door, and he takes off, and the door shuts, and they uh, they just go crazy. So that's kind of the backstory on it. When the uh, the uh, movie really starts to go crazy is. Is when Emilio Estevez picks up this random hitchhiker. Uh She just... This was a weird way to get the expedition out, but it was funny. <laughs> so he picks up this hitchhiker, and she's kind of knows about this Chevy Nova with the uh, with the weird shit in the trunk. And uh-huh. she says she sh- shows him a picture. She says it's like tentacles. It's an alien. There's like an ET in the back of that thing. He said we need to find that uh, kind of Chevy Nova. And during this whole time, we're seeing the other repo men around town. There's two Hispanic guys that are constantly fighting with Harry Dean Stanton, and racing with them. They race in that uh, you know that area in LA that they filmed in uh,
2: T. T two. T2. Like I, I instantly, as soon as you said <laughs> that area in L A, that yeah. it's like the, the It's weird when I lived in Phoenix. So what those are? Those are like water systems yeah. for everything, and they'll like turn the water off, mm-hmm. and it'll all dry up, and then they'll turn it back on, and it'll all fill up. Yeah. It,
0: are you even allowed to go down there? Or is that just something they like I people think making true. movies do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's. So what So they it is. went down there and they did a race and everything. So they're looking. They put up like a, I guess twenty thousand dollars was huge in uh, in. Uh, 84 because that's how much they put out for this car, which most of them they're putting out a thousand dollars for. So every repo man's looking for it and everything, and they don't know what's in the trunk. And uh, at one point, it gets really funny is uh, so Emily Estrovez knows about it, knows there's something in there, thinks she's crazy and everything, but soon finds out she's not because we're seeing all these. Other extraterrestrials that are like, uh, or people like government agencies that are listening to everything that are also looking for it. So you got like five people looking for the Chevy Nova and it, it ends up getting stolen from the main guy who, uh, <coughs> who loses it. Uh, the, uh, the main guy who's driving it, uh, that is. And, uh, We get to see somebody almost opening the trunk, and then doesn't, and then uh, someone else steals it. Uh, The two Hispanic guys get a hold of it at some point, and then uh, Harry Dean Stanton gets a hold of it at some point, and then that guy almost gets it back, the guy who originally had it. Uh Uh, And these two punks are about to steal it, and they're about to kill him. And they were like, uh, he, he was like, you driving this thing? You don't even know what's in the trunk? He says, oh, you're too scared to open the trunk. Because he knows if he gets those guys to open the trunk, that they're just going to vaporize. Right. And watching that beginning scene, you are like, oh, open the trunk, open yeah. the trunk. <laughs> I see this motherfucker vaporized. And so <clears throat> he ends up getting vaporized. You see his boots. Yeah. And the... the uh, low tech that they used to make him vaporize was just so cool. It's just like red screen, skeleton, red screen, <laughs> flash,
2: boots. <laughs> what uh, what was the Indiana Jones the Ark? So it was kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, don't look back. at it, yeah. man. <laughs> Except
0: it's instantaneous on this. It yeah. wasn't like a melt face type of thing. So it was just weird, man. The whole movie just took kept taking more turns and more turns because at first you're you're watching it, well not really because at the very beginning when that vaporizing thing happens, it kind of set you up to this is a weird movie. But then it Kind of goes off into like this story about Repo Man, and I looked, did some back sh- uh, checking on it, and apparently the writer director used to be a Repo Man, so he kind of wrote what he knew about and everything. and he just put like this supernatural twist on his own old job, yeah, and everything. And Harry Dean Stanton is awesome in it, and the car keeps getting like enveloped by this ET. At some point at the end, it's just completely glowing green. Oh wow! And people are still wanting to kind of go near it. There was this wild guy who I we might have talked about him on one of our character actors before, Tracy. He was the guy who played uh, Bob from uh, Batman. Gun. Oh Bob. yeah, yeah, yeah. Conan the, De- uh, Conan the Destroyer. He he plays a weird kind of role. He's always at close range. I
2: always get him confused with uh, my other brother Daryl. Yeah, they yeah, look. They do they, look. The they same. look very similar. Yeah, they
0: do look the same. Well, he was in this, and he played a weird character who was always already. Predicting that the aliens are gonna come back and everything, so when the car started glowing, he gets into it, think it's gonna take him to a different land and everything. It's just weird, man. Oh. One of the best reviews on IMDb, it was just like the headline, and it said, "I don't even know what the hell I just watched." <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's about it. I'll tell
2: you, I I, I have a, a very quick, interesting story about a Repo Man. Nice. So I met this guy the other day, and I'm only going to say his first name. Um, his first name is Hector. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that's not even his real name. He's a repo man, yeah. and he doesn't tell anyone what his it's actual a hard name life. is. life. He's been doing it for like 15 years. Wow. So anybody in town that happens to know him, they don't even know his real name. Yeah, I know his real name, but I'm not <laughs> going to say what it is. Yeah, yeah. But he could probably tell you stories. Oh yeah, which dude, is the reason
0: why this pro- guy probably he's a big did dude. A like I,
2: I, if I saw him repo in my car, yeah. I'd probably be like all right, bud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you do what you got to do. They did a
0: couple scenes in the movie where he would just did a normal repo and everything, and you kind of are thinking maybe that type of exact thing happened. Like, he went to this uh, this uh old kind of fragile black woman's house, and he was uh, just Emilio, and he was going to repo her car up front. And he was like, I, I don't want to take your car. Is there any way you can borrow money from everybody and everything? And she, he's like, she's like, no, I don't think so. And all of a sudden, like – uh Like, eight of her, like, sons and nephews come into the house, big motherfuckers, and sit down around Milo Estevez, Milo Estevez. Uh, and the woman's like, this guy wants to take my car from me. And Amelia's like, no, 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 no. It, it, it's all right. I'll, I'll take off and everything. And he, he gets out of the house. And then he's about to walk away. And he's like, no, I'm going to repo that car right now. So yeah. he goes out, he, and he tries to start the car. And he realizes it's on lifts. Oh, <laughs> no. And he looks back. And uh, the guys are coming out of the house. And they just beat the ever sh- loving shit out of him in front of the house. And <laughs> so it kind of... It struck me as this might have been a real life story that happened to somebody. So, yeah. I mean, there's a reason that kind of repo show on that one network went for like years and years and years. Oh, yeah. Uh, people love to see that type of shit. People get pissed. Rightfully so. No one wants to look outside their house and see their car being taken I, away from them. I
2: remember I, this was a long time ago. There was this girl that I was dating, and uh, we went into Walmart um, to go Oof. and get something. It's going to end badly. Yeah. We went into Walmart to go and get something. And when we came out to the parking lot, her car was gone. Uh. And, like, we looked all over, like, well, where, where could it have been? And after, like, 15 minutes of looking for a car, and it was, like, midsummer, so it was, like, 100 degrees oh. outside, she goes, oh, I haven't made my car payments. They probably repoed it. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Oh <laughs> like, it
0: was I had somebody, uh, I, I rarely get angry. I'm very uh, I'm much a pacifist, but I was pissed this one day. I had uh, I've been sleeping at my house, and um, they were redoing the... Um, they were redoing the parking lots and everything, mm-hmm. and I woke up to them towing my car. Oh and so They didn't shit. knock on my door. They didn't tell, tell me anything. They're just towing my car, and I'm I run out in like my shorts, being like, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You're taking my car!" And the guy was like, he, "He thought I was gonna beat the shit out of him." Yeah. So we're just doing the parking lots. I said, "You don't knock on the door. You don't put a fucking note on Something, my door that's yeah. saying that this is gonna happen today. You're yeah. just gonna do that." And I said that's God. fucked up. Dude. That is fucked. And I went up. and uh, bitched at the fucking uh, <laughs> uh, the landlord and everything. So, I, no one wants to see their car towed, man. Not cool. No, not at all. <laughs> even if there's aliens in the trunk.
2: <laughs> even if it's just broke down, you yeah. just still don't want to see that happening.
0: Yeah, so check out uh, Repo Man, 1984. Man, it's really all good. All
2: right. Um, so this one is 2006. Uh, Luke Wilson, Maya Rudolph, Terry Crews, Idiocracy.
0: Idiocracy. Now, I've seen this name before. This is
2: a Mike Judge movie.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I love Mike Judge, man. Even his, like, his later ones, like Extract, was so funny. I never saw and, that one. That's the Jason Bateman one where it was, he worked at a factory and they were suing the bosses. That's when oh, wow. Gene Simmons came in and, uh, and uh, played a role. Oh, really? Him. Yeah, it was funny. If you like Mike Judge movies, you probably like that one.
2: So, this is a futuristic mu- movie, mm-hmm. um, but it starts in the present. And basically, uh, Luke Wilson is in the army... Um, and he's just like, he's like a records keeper in the army and they, they've done this survey and they find out that he is the most average person in the entire army. And that's what they're looking for. Um, he also has like no family. So if something were to go wrong, he, you know, he wouldn't be missed. And so they recruit him for this cryogenic freezing, uh, experiment. And at the same time, they also recruit Maya Rudolph, who is a prostitute. And um, uh. her, her, her pimp's name is Upgrade with a double D for a double dose of pimping. <laughs> 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 and I wish uh. I could find the, uh, the guy who was, like, in charge of the military experiment on here. Because when he's doing the presentation to the army, he's like... He's, like, explaining about, you know, Maya Rudolph and her situation and why she's good for this. And, like, he's doing a slideshow presentation, and it's him just hanging out with this pimp upgrade and just going, like, a pimp's love is very different from that of a John. And, like, goes into this whole thing, and, like, you see him wear, like, a fur coat and a chalice, and he's, like, hanging out with this guy. It's so funny, dude. Um So they they decide to say that they're going to do this cryogenic thing and they're going to be frozen for one year and, uh, you know, then they're going to wake up and everything will go back to normal and everything like that. Well, after they start the experiment and they put them in the cryogenic freezer, the military guy in charge of the program gets charged for, like, seeing prostitutes and also trying to become a pimp. Oh, man, And so the whole program gets scrapped, you know. Well, basically, they forget that they're in there for 500 years
0: only two of them yeah,
2: yeah. Maya Rudolph and Luke Wilson okay. and so all of a the sudden they they flash forward to 500 years in the future and I mean the world is just when I say garbage literally garbage <laughs> it's like skyscrapers piled high with it's garbage like up. yeah exactly <laughs> oh, uh,
0: not up uh, Wally yes exactly
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um and uh There's a garbage slide instead of like a landslide, (laughs) and it interrupts the cryogenic freezing process, and it wakes them both up. That's awesome. It sounds really funny. Dude, it is. (laughs) And the thing is, though, is like it's so scary how accurate this movie could possibly become (laughs) because when he wakes up, everyone in the future is like, the dumbest person you've ever fucking met in your entire life. Um, Dax Shepard is in this movie. <laughs> he plays stupid well. Too. Yeah, well, he's yeah. an attorney, oh, that's right? Hilarious. So he, Luke Wilson wakes up outside of his apartment and his window is open, so he like wanders, or he knocks on the window, uh, it's closed, he knocks on the window and Dax Shepard is sitting in his chair getting ready to masturbate <laughs> and when he knocks, he just goes, go away, beaten." like you know and like they, there's a narrator through the mu- through the movie Interesting. um I'm not sure who it is um and he explains how the English language has turned into this like everything is slang and so when Luke Wilson is speaking normally like you and I would be right now everybody and I don't mean this in a hateful way this is literally in the the movie everybody thinks he's a he's gay and like they they and again pardon me they they like call him fag and stuff like Mm. that you know Um, which isn't funny and I understand it's just for premise you know Um, and so he basically has to go and he get he gets arrested and they're taking him into jail and he figures out how to get out because these people are so dumb (laughs) He, he goes excuse me I think I'm actually in the wrong line. I'm actually supposed to get out today. And they're like, oh, you dumbass. That line's <laughs> over there. And they just put him in the line and just let him out of jail, That's you know? Awesome. And Terry Crews is the president. <laughs> and he became president because he was a wrestling champion uh-huh. and the biggest porn star in the world, which, again, it's scary how accurate this movie is <laughs> becoming when you think about Trump being the apprentice yeah. and the things that he's done. So... They have him take this little IQ test, and it's basically like toys that you would give to a three-year-old, mm-hmm. like, you know, fitting the circle the into locks, the circle yeah, 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 and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Well, he aces it. The you only know. person
0: ever aces it. Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> and he becomes the smartest man in the world. So they they... They come and they basically take him and he becomes part of the president's cabinet Mm -hmm. and the president is going to give him a full pardon if he can solve all of the world's problems. Right. So there's been like a dust bowl that's been going on for like 100 years or something and the crops aren't growing. And, you know, there's all these problems, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, (laughs) and you come to realize that they're watering the plants with this stuff called Brondo (laughs) And it's got electrolytes, <laughs> which is what plants crave. Yeah. And so they're watering everything with Gatorade, basically. <laughs> and so he's like, so why don't we, instead of watering it with Brondo or, or you know, uh, like feeding it with Brondo, why don't we try and use water? And they're like, wait a minute. You mean like what's in the toilet? <laughs> you know? And like, dude, this whole movie is about like it's just common sense. Yeah. It's common sense. But it's hysterical. And eventually, like, Maya Rudolph also wakes up and the two of them find each other. Oh, they don't wake up at the same time? Well, they do wake up at the same time, but they're in different places because of where the garbage fell. Um, And, you know, again, she was a prostitute, so she's basically just trying to make money and she goes back to doing her profession and there's this one guy that wants to hire her. And she's like, Well, my time's worth money, but you gotta wait. And dude just pulls out a wad of cash and he's like, Baby, I can wait so good. And like, he's just sitting there counting off money while he's waiting for her. And she gets arrested for like not putting out, basically. And he sees that she's arrested and he gets her freed. And the two of them are like trying to do whatever they can to get back to the past because Dax Shepard tells them that there's a time machine, <laughs> and it's at Costco. And when they finally get their way to Costco, Costco is like the size of Gainesville, like it's <laughs> that big. And there's like like Dax Shepard says he goes he went to law school at Costco, you know. Um, and so when they finally find the chi- the time machine. It's just one of those carousels that you used to ride when you were a little kid oh, yeah, with yeah, little yeah, horses yeah. that go up yeah, yeah. and down. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I, I, it's such a stupid comedy. But at the same time, like, the intelligence of the stupidity is amazing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, dude, if you watch this today, you will literally be like, oh, my God. How, like, how does Mike Judge know that this is what's going to happen in the future? And, like... Once the crops don't grow quick enough, they put him in this, like, death match against this dude named Taco Supreme. And, like, he has this truck that's, like, the size of a two-story house. And, like, oh, my gosh. He, you know, and he has to, like, get away from that. And, dude, it, it's...
0: I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, no, it's oh,
2: yeah. it's really actually hard to explain, but it's so funny yeah. and so worth watching and so slept on it, it's almost a cult classic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, well, most
0: Mike Judge's movies are like that too. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously Office, Office Space, Space. Was, is probably biggest one. Yeah, other than like the Beavis and Butthead uh, yeah. kind of thing, which I hear they're redoing, so we'll see. Are how they that goes. really? Yeah, that's what I, That's what I had heard. So <laughs> see how that goes.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, check that out. It's a awesome. fun movie and, and it's worth it.
0: I've seen the name before when I've gone past DVDs on eBay before, and I'll just buy it because I uh, it, it sounds awesome. It sounds no, it's really, really good. Funny. It's yeah. really good. Sweet. Alright, my next movie. This was a classic growing up and it was a great combination of comedy and heavy, heavy on the comedy but there was some disturbing stuff in this movie as watching it as a kid that really kind of disturbed me and this was a classic, classic movie that I'm not sure we've talked about before we've certainly mentioned it in passing before is 1981's Modern Problems. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, this was a hard movie for me to find. On eBay, this is like a $250 movie, but I found one in Belgium. I had to wait like six weeks for it to show up. Wow. And it cost me like $25, the best $25 I ever spent. Uh, and I could probably put it right back on eBay and sell it $100 right now, but I love this fucking movie and I can't do it. <laughs> so, it's such a great movie. I watched it on HBO growing up. And it it's basically this... It's Chevy Chase meets The Exorcist, really, because it's some yeah. really kind of weird stuff going on. Awesome music, great cast. So we got Chevy Chase, we got Brian Doyle Murray, the great Dabney Coleman is in this. Huh. You and just
2: bought a Porsche for Christ's <laughs> sake! <laughs> yeah.
0: And the, uh, one of the best roles Nell Carter's ever done in her life. I love Nell Carter, man. Used to be a huge give me the break, give me a break fan growing up. So watching Nell Carter and everything, she has one of my favorite lines when they show up at the house at the end. She's like, "According to these chicken guts, we're gonna have one." Rough <laughs> so what's going on is chevy chase is an air traffic controller dorita (laughs) uh uh, what's going on is chevy chase is a air traffic controller and he's kind of he just got uh done with a relationship uh girl broke up with him he's like heartbroken and he's on his way home one night and he just happens to be driving behind this sewage truck yeah. that's like pumping, it. like the cap on the back of the sewage truck has been lo- left off. So this green, foamy sewage is is pouring over Chevy Chase's car. And he's using his windshield wipers, and it's getting in the windows and everything. And f- instead of backing off, he just stays behind the guy, and he's honking <laughs> and everything. But when he gets home, he walks into his apartment, and he's completely glowing. He's completely green. <laughs> yeah. He goes in the house, and he falls asleep, doesn't think much. The next morning when he gets up and he's in the shower, he... Uh, He hears a scream on the radio. When he hears the scream, the soap uh, flies out of his hand across the room and lands in like the cat litter. Yeah. And he he reaches out for some reason. for like the shower curtain or something, and the he sees the soap come up, and he realizes I'm controlling the soap. I have superpowers. Yeah, and he, he brings the soap over to the sink. He washes it off. It comes back to him. He's like, "What the hell?" Yeah. So now he starts doing weird shit here and there, and he's telling his friend who's Brian Doyle Murray, who's in like a uh, he plays a paraplegic in a wheelchair. Who's he's playing basketball with him? And yeah, everything. that's right. And he's got uh, Nell Carter's like his nurse that just uh, runs behind him. He says, <laughs> yeah. "I got to work in. I got I got to jog and basically." Yeah. <laughs> jogging is Nell Nel Carter running uh, running and doing the jogging for him. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh and he starts telling him he says, I'm moving stuff with my mind. He's like, You need to see a doctor, man. He says that th- it doesn't sound normal to me. Yeah. And uh so we get to see a lot of great scenes before the end sequence where the bulk of the good stuff of the movie happens when they're at the beach house yeah. so a couple things happen before they get there one of them is uh, he gets back together with that girl at one point and gives her like it uh, like the craziest multiple orgasms from like the other side of the room yeah. while he's like making dinner and everything and basically all we we hear that noise uh, it, it, they add like this crazy noise which is it's like what? Uh, it, it's like that's him doing his thing right. but he moves his eyes up or his eyebrows so you can kind of tell when he's doing something. Another one, one of the best ones, he's at the Italian restaurant. That's what I was about to say. And he makes the guy have the nosebleed. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) He he sees his asshole dating his ex-girlfriend. So all of a sudden, Chevy puts his fingers to his nose and makes that sound. (laughs) And then slowly, the guy who's ordering his food, his nose starts bleeding. And the waiter's like, oh, your nose is bleeding. And he's like, oh, man, this hadn't happened since I was like 10. And he puts a a napkin up to it. And they cut away to Chevy Chase. And Chevy Chase fills his mouth with water and starts spitting Spitting the water through his teeth. (laughs) And then they cut over to the guy and the nose starts spewing out of his nose like it to the point where they have to grab like the champagne bucket and it's like a geyser coming out of his nose. And uh, they clean up the whole area and his girlfriend had gone to like uh, to the bathroom and they had cleaned it out completely. And he said, oh, he had a nosebleed and he had to uh, had to leave. It's the weirdest thing.
2: If I remember correctly, the the guy we're talking about now doesn't he always kind of play like a pompous kind of asshole? Yeah, he plays asshole? a pompous
0: dick. I've seen him in a couple different. And flicks he always before. plays. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that kind of really anal retentive kind of thing going on with him. But like I said, when the movie starts is really when they go to the uh, beach house. They said, "Hey, come to the beach house. Ryan Dola Murray is dating this other girl who's really." Uh, uh, really cool we've seen in a lot of 80s films he's like come over there Dabney Coleman we introduced early in the movie and he's a—he's also an asshole a yeah. complete and utter asshole yeah. he's like a uh, he he's written a book uh, a self-help book he drives a poor she just te- says what's on his mind to people and it's usually inappropriate Yeah. and he shows up at the beach house and uh, Dorita played by Nell Carter is like this Jamaican voodoo lady that just happens to be the housekeeper and takes uh, and runs for Brian Doyle Murdy and everything and every scene she's in she fucking kills absolutely absolutely kills and she knows right off that something wrong with chevy she sees his aura she's like he's got an aura about him that i've never seen before yeah and uh they're they're like staying in hit in her room and she's got like uh, she she's warns them well there's there's a one of my iguanas is there there's a little mouse in there so don't, don't worry about them they live here yeah and uh Chevy starts getting really bad. He starts getting really bad. Like he is, uh, he gets like literally almost possessed by a demon.
2: And I was just about to say it's interesting it because, turns scary. like, yeah, well, and it's interesting because, like, I'd like to know where that correspondence kind of crossed over. And I yeah. know it's a movie, you know yeah. what I mean? But like, I get it. You know, superheroes, toxic waste. I, you know, that it just comes got worse and worse. But the then days all of a sudden, on. is that is that him kind of going off the deep end mentally that he becomes that? or is it like a demon you know he was
0: almost pushed because remember at the the scene at the dinner table where Dabney Coleman he keeps, makes him float Dabney Coleman's pushing Chevy's buttons yeah. and Chevy Chase lifts he, he's apparently Brian Doyle Murray had told uh him the what Chevy had told him in confidence that he was right. moving stuff with his mind and then uh um Dabney Coleman makes fun of him for it, and then Chevy's like, "You told him? I can't believe you told him." Yeah. And he, uh, Dabney's like, "Well, we're interested. Show us what you can do." And all of a sudden, the, uh, he he picks Dabney Coleman off. Off the uh, his chair and everything off of the ground like three feet, and yeah. then drops the chair, and literally, Dabney Coleman is floating in the air, and Chevy makes him float around the entire room, mm-hmm. and then come back down and hovers over the uh, the dinner table, and then spins him around That's at right. high speed, and then just puts him face first into the mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Dabney Coleman's gonna kill himself. He, he's he so feels embarrassed. like he's he's em- yeah. emasculated himself, yeah. so he goes on the beach, and there's that great line that you and Dave love, <laughs> where, where she's trying to talk him in. From killing himself. He's just like, You just bought a brand new Porsche for Christ's sake. And he turns, and he turns around. Turns around yeah. and he's like, Holy shit, I did. Yeah, and then he gets nailed <laughs> he gets by nailed a wave. By the waves. Yeah. Well, while that's happening, Chevy is like full gone crazy. And uh, his girlfriend's in Delita's room with him trying to talk him down. And. Um, He's going crazy. He's making stuff flying around the room and everything. And she goes down to Dorita, who's in the, uh, who's in the kitchen. And he's he's like, he should make his stuff flying around the room. And Dorita has one of my favorite. Oh, that's the first thing a demon does. He rearranges a room to his liking. <laughs> 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 and he's like, you got to go and help. And he says, I ain't going near that boy. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, wait, wait, I'll do it, I'll do it. He says, if you call the police, someone's gonna, they're gonna come in and they're gonna fuck all this up. And I's got to make this all right. So she goes in the room and she she pulls this horn of powder out. Yes. And she's like, This is demon powder. It's the best scene of and the movie. It's so good. She, she does this little dance around the bed that Chevy is sitting on. She's like, That's called demon powder. He yeah. touches that, he dies. Yeah. And then Chevy goes into this weird kind of Donald Duck impression where yeah. he's like, where he's making these weird noises and then he floats around the bed and snorts up the entire thing of powder. And they just did like this crazy reverse shot. Yeah. Where they were yeah, like yeah. dumping it down and they, but it looked real. It pulls yeah. it all up. And then when he, he'd, Sucks it all up. They have this great shot of him, like directly, cl- major close up, and he's he screams, "Yes, I like it!" Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> and he, he's like looking crazy. Yeah, and then makes Dorita float, and uh, and then tipside up down uh, and she's and, out of it. and she's out of it she's yeah. like you're on your own man yep. she says I'm not messing with this demon yeah. and everything and then I, I won't tell you where it goes from there but there was some creepy elements to this movie where he has like this demonic voice and everything because I was probably seven watching this movie mm. but I was just captivated because it was so funny because we're used to seeing Chevy Chase do all that funny stuff but it was also a horror movie really uh, yeah. to the roots of it it was so
2: good man. and and sometimes I get that confused with memoirs of an invisible man yeah. which is a really good movie it was well. good. It
0: was very underappreciated. Uh, I think it was John Carpenter, which most people f- forget about. That it was a John Carpenter well, and film. And Sam Neill was and in it. Sam Daryl Hannah was Daryl in it. Hanna, yeah. yeah. And uh, that was way later, though. That was uh, I think that was even in the nineties. Was that it was really ninety five like or ninety six? That was like fifteen years later. Wow. Uh, and it, that was probably one of the last Chevy movies where he did where he was really really great in. And then he he did a couple cameos after that, and he's got some personal issues, like anger issues that he's dealing with right I've, now. I've I've
2: since followed him on Facebook and. Dave, if you're listening, spoiler alert, um, he sells, for himself, he sells these little like uh bumper stickers mm-hmm. and it's Fletch with the Afro. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, and he's wearing the, the Lakers jersey. That's funny. I think I'm gonna pick one up Did for you dude.
0: uh see the news? The uh Fletch is being redone and I've heard this before. This this is a constant thing. I'm intrigued. At, w- at one point Kevin Smith was gonna do it and then at one point the guy from Scrubs, uh the yeah, main guy with Zach, Scrubs was Brandon uh, was gonna uh play Fletch. Well, apparently John Hamm just bought it, and he's going to produce it, and he's going to star as Fletch in it. I could see him doing that. I could totally see him do it, because people don't realize that Fletch was... I, I still think they're going to make it a comedy, but Fletch was a serious book series. I remember you saying and that. And it had like six or seven different books made. The Fletch series is what it was called, and it was it was famous back in the day. So they always kind of planned on doing a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, so he's going to play him, and I'm I'm excited about it. I hope they actually go through. I love it. to see. And he can it. play funny too. I mean, he's not Chevy Chase funny. And
2: I would love to see Chevy just make a brief. Uh, cameo. He's got to make a cameo in it. And I, I mean,
0: he's I, he's kind of had a rough th- thing. I. I he kind of had a breakdown on that community show, and then he—he oh, he really? he had a lot of moments where he—he he was pulled over by cops, and he said inappropriate shit. Not uh, like not. Uh, yeah, not, not Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson style, stuff. Yeah. but just like ah, oh, Chevy's a dick. I don't like yeah. the fact that Chevy's a dick.
2: Well, uh, I'd love to stay, but uh, yeah, I got a thing. I got a thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so modern problems, man, it's super hard to find on DVD, but you can rent it on iTunes. I think it's like a three, four dollar rental on iTunes. That's so, awesome to know. So, so do it, man, if you uh, you can afford it. It's really good
2: all, all right. right um final ones yeah dude Top ones um this one just came out uh it's another 2020 nice um i won't spoil the ending and stuff because i do suggest that people see this because i have to say that it was much better than i expected it yeah. to be I, it's not fantastic oh my gosh run out and yeah, see yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's 2020 michael pena fantasy island fantasy island man this is crazy this this
0: dropped at a weird time around it was like, right around quarantine. right around the corona quarantine time and i remember when they when they announced it and it sounded exciting i mean we're both huge michael peña fans and i love the idea that uh that he's so he wasn't playing tattoo he was the main he was the ricardo Montalban right. character yeah. yeah okay
2: um but he he just went by mr rourke
0: it, it's great i i love the fact that they turned this into a horror movie yeah because it it seems genius when you hear about if you're not familiar with the old 70s one it was uh if you're not familiar with the old 70s one it was the uh it was this kind of weird island where people would go there and they were granted wishes by the the main guy who was Ricardo Montalbán and he had this little person named Tattoo. Yeah. You know, that's where that line "to plane basta plane" came from and
2: And in the second scene in the movie somebody says the plane, like, you know. <laughs> and I, as soon as you I had to do it, man. Yeah. As soon as I heard that, I was like, "Oh, I'm all in on this." Now, there is. is
0: there a tattoo character in the movie? There is
2: not. There is not. So there they just
0: kind of got rid of that and everything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so uh, let's see. Who? Uh, do you know who? Uh, Jimmy O. Yang is? Jimmy O. Yang. No, I don't think so. He's um, He was also in the new show, which I think is really funny, on Netflix, Space Force, with Steve Carell. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I haven't seen it yet. My he, mom watched it. She he's it. he's one of the main
2: was... scientists. He's like the youngest oh, scientist. Oh, wait.
0: I just listened to an entire podcast with him and Joe Rogan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's a really good guy. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah.
2: I've I've only seen him in a couple of things, but anything I've seen him in, yep. I've really enjoyed The only thing I him. had
0: known about him was he was an Asian guy that was in Space Force, so right when you said that, it got yeah. To- it was also in Silicon uh, Silicon. Uh, what was it? Silicon Valley. That HBO, HBO show for a while. Oh, I never yeah, saw he played that. Played one of the tech guys.
2: Uh, Maggie Q is in this movie. I love
0: Maggie Q, man. Yeah. Oh, she's um, so great.
2: But you know, and it's funny because she's a martial artist. Oh yeah, you she's know, a badass. Doesn't throw a punch in the huh, whole movie. That's great. I, I was just waiting for her to beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah, yeah. And You really
0: think that you get Maggie Q, you you're kind of wasting your money. Yeah, not that she's a bad actress, but uh, you, I'm used to seeing her kick ass. But, but you get out of her in, uh, what? You, what was it? Balls, Balls of, Fury? of Fury? Oh, God, she was so hot. Yeah. In Balls of Fury. And uh, what was the. Was she the one that was in uh, the Die Hard? Die Hard 4? The one with Timothy O'Fast? Yeah, he's like, I just just killed killed your your bitch. uh, Um, I think it was her, but I'm
2: not 100% positive. Yeah, she's
0: awesome. She is a legit badass, though.
2: Michael Rooker's in this. Oh, I love Michael Rooker. Uh, Kim Coates is in this. Oh, Kim
0: Coates is awesome, too, man. These are all very distinct-looking people, too.
2: You know one thing I never noticed about him? Because there's a scene where he's wearing a mask, and, and he takes the mask off, and as he started to take it off, so it's like you see from the chin up... Yeah. Dude, he has a huge resemblance to Joaquin Phoenix.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. It's, it's, it's uncanny. That, it's that kind of rough look uh, that's caused by like just smoking and sun. Yeah, too much sun. So I every time something. I think, Kim so I have
2: something to look forward to <laughs> then.
0: <laughs> I think Kim Coates. All I think is not for sale. Not for not sale. For sale. Yeah. <laughs> From Waterworld paper. Been, paper. Did yeah, you
2: ever paper? paper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's such a weird guy, man. And he got uber famous on that Sons of Anarchy. I, I heard. I never, oh yeah. I never watched any, but I knew he was one of the main guys on it.
2: Um, so yeah I mean so like you said I mean the premise of this movie is people come to this island and it's very
0: wishmaster then I, it's gotta be very wishmaster that genie the old 90s genie movie
2: right yeah absolutely um, yeah because because in that movie you make your wish yeah. But then it always seems to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, cut, you
0: should have been. You should have worded it better. Yeah, because yeah. Um, and, I want to be the richest guy in the world, and, and then they, he turns you to gold. Yeah, and he, then you die. It that turns way. you that, into that. the
2: largest diamond. Because yeah, I remember yeah. one of the wishes was like, I want to, I want to be the most beautiful thing in the yeah. world or beautiful person in the world, and he turned the person into a sculpture and watching yeah. them deform, wow. that was amazing. If you're hearing uh,
0: our, our local music in the background, it's brought to you by 48th Street. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's come across. I, I found that most of the stuff we do out uh, outside doesn't really come across because we're so close to the mics. So, yeah. But well, we got a little rhythm in the yeah, background. Yeah, that's it's all, right. Cool. It's all right.
2: You know, I like it. <laughs> um, so I won't like go into how the fantasies all play out. Yeah. I'll just talk a little bit about each person's fantasy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? um But Michael Pena tells these people like you know ahead of time he's like when it comes to your fantasy you have to see it all the way through and a lot of times it doesn't play out the way that you expect it to, you know <laughs> like, i'm out <laughs> so um i i'm just gonna name the main people that are there on the island for their fantasies uh lucy hale maggie q jimmy o yang austin Stoll, ryan hansen and so ryan hansen who's a white guy and jimmy o yang are brothers mm-hmm. and um ryan hansen's dad married jimmy o Yang's mom mm-hmm. because they give him a little shit like wait you guys are really brothers how's that possible yeah. you know um so their fantasy is to have it all you know what i mean so michael pena takes them over and there's this mansion and there's like a hundred people at this pool party and uh you know it's just living it up lavish mm-hmm. lifestyle all these beautiful women and everything like that. And so Ryan Hansen says to uh, Michael Pena, he says, oh, now don't forget about my brother, what I told you. So he's like, oh, yeah, of course, he's gay. How could I forget? (laughs) And so he turns, uh, Jimmy O. Yang turns to this tent, and there's these, like, three super buff guys (laughs) in, in Speedos, and he goes... Is that what you think? Do you really just think that that's all I'm about is just like some super buff guy in a Speedo and they open the curtain to this tent and it's filled with weed and bongs? And, and right before he says that, he says, I have layers. And they open the thing and he goes, okay, I have two layers. <laughs> you know? So their fantasy is just to party it up and live yeah. that lifestyle, you know? Um, Maggie Q... Um, but they all turn bad. They all turn, what, am I, what am I assuming? They all turn in a, bad.
0: In a clever way, too?
2: And actually, a really good spin yeah. um and
0: but that's what really made the uh at least the first wishmaster, I think there was three of them it, it was it was thought out, you know, how could this end uh, incorrectly but seem like it was a good thing?
2: So I won't say ruin
0: one of them, just, okay, just
2: ruin one of them. okay. so it seems
0: like there's enough of them that if you just ruin one of
2: them, that's the thing is they all tie in. oh, they all tie in, yeah, okay um
0: and and but they. Let me just pick it apart then where you won't have to ruin it. It it leads to death a lot of the times or, or not always?
2: It does most of the time. Okay. Because
0: um, I'll definitely watch it. I'll rent it.
2: Basically, what you find out without t- saying the event or anything like that, basically you find out that there was a traumatic event that happened and all of them were connected to it mm-hmm. without knowing each other, without knowing that anybody had anything gotcha, else gotcha, to do gotcha. with it, you know? And it's it's a good it's rewarding. a good yeah. it's a good twist. I mean, it's not like whoa, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's like oh, okay, I yeah. like how you did that. You know, was Michael Pena in it a lot, or just he just popped up? He was there. in it a good portion. Was of Was the there movie? other
0: people that ran the island, or it was it was complete like so fabrication? So though. the
2: island has, like, a magical power. Yeah. and Yeah, so
0: it's not Michael paying you with the magical power granting, and he's just kind of controlling the island? He
2: has, a, like, a deal with the island. Gotcha. And this this isn't much of a spoiler. And basically, he can be with his wife as long as he runs the island and makes sure that everybody is granted their fantasy. Gotcha. And as long as that happens, then his wife will stay there, yeah. and everything will continue to go on as, as it's mm-hmm. supposed to, you know? Um... And, like, Michael Rooker has a very small role in this, um, but he is kind of, like, the explainer. When you're kind of like, what the hell is going on? He's the one. My Michael
0: Rooker comes in with the exposition. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but he's been on the island for, like, three months living in, oh, wow. in, in like, the jungle and staying away from everybody yeah, yeah. and, like, trying to survive and get off the island without being known. That sounds so Michael Rooker, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, Maggie Q, her fantasy, she turned down a marriage proposal five years previous, mm-hmm. and she regretted that. And when her fantasy starts, she goes back, and it's instantly the same uh, restaurant. The guy is there. Yeah. He's he's the same age.
0: So they're, like, transported almost into this, like, fantasy. fantasy yeah, kind of you world, know, yeah.
2: and so she goes through the dinner, accepts his marriage proposal, wakes up the next morning and she's been married for five years has a daughter and has five years worth of memories that weren't there the day before oh, wow. and that's when she's like wait a minute you didn't tell me this was going to be real you know what yeah, i mean yeah. um and so it's kind of her that starts to put things together yeah, yeah. you know People um
0: regretting all that yeah
2: and so the other one and this is kind of like they show this one in the preview and this is the kind of probably the most violent one this girl lucy hale plays a character named melanie who was bullied in school um, by Portia Doubleday um, her character's name is Sloane well they kidnap Sloane and she's there and like uh, Lucy Hale has the ability to torture her no. but she thinks that it's a fantasy she yeah, thinks so. that it's like enjoy it. a hologram yeah. Yeah. she even like records it with her phone yeah. you know Um, And, dude, there's this big guy that was like somebody from her past that was made up that she calls Dr. Torture. Mm -hmm. And he comes in and scrubs and a mask on, and he starts to torture that girl, Portia. And she realizes, like, wait, this is real. And she bangs on the glass, which is a two-way or a one-way mirror Mm -hmm. or whatever it's called, two-way mirror. And the doctor walks up, and he takes his mask off, and his lips are sewn shut. And you're just like...
0: Dude, this R is about now. yeah, this is
2: about to get fucking it's real, like you know. Yeah, you know. And so like there's all kinds of like it's an intertwined web and it fits together really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this isn't the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen, but it's enjoyable. Yeah, and, and, and I, and I and love Michael Pena. Me. You know no, what I, I mean? Too. Like I if he wasn't in the movie, I probably would have never watched it. Yeah, I've heard
0: know. a couple good things about some of the recent horror that's coming out. We might be having a new resurgence too, because I heard good things about the Mummy, which I haven't seen yet. But I, I, I hear real Is that good with things. Tom Cruise. No, the uh, uh, no, not the mummy, the Invisible Man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've hear heard that good, was pretty I hear decent. Good things and the, the Hunt is another one that I haven't rented yet. That I hear is I've really, almost really rented great. it, but I, I have a now. feeling we would both really enjoy it. Uh, I, I think it's going to be good, so I might just have to hit a red box and watch a couple of those because I haven't watched a modern one in a few weeks. So, so yeah, Fantasy Island, awesome. Check it out, dude. It's worth your time. Out. All right, to go with the uh, the great background music we got going on here, <laughs> I've got a great pick here. Nineteen ninety fours. Dealing with the band, the Lone Rangers. Oh, shit. Airheads.
2: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I knew Justin would be happy Phenomenal about Phenomenal pick, man. dude. God, man. I love me some Airheads. I rewatched it. God damn, I forgot how great this movie oh. was. I have fond, fond memories of being up north, eating at one of me and my cousin's favorite pizza place, Papa Gino's, and then going with him, my friend Steve, and his brother to go see Airheads, man. And then the next day, buying the album. The uh, the soundtrack for Airheads was so fucking good. White Zombie, a lot of really great uh, fucking music in Airheads. Now, so,
2: Adam Sandler, Brendan Fraser, who else? Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, okay. Who,
0: never, a role you've never seen him in before since. He was so great. So we got Chris Farley, all-star, all-star oh. cast. So inside the radio station, uh, uh, Montana, uh, what's his name?
2: Uh, Isn't it the same guy that's Handsome Dan?
0: Uh, who's handsome Dan? From
2: Wayne's World Two.
0: Uh, handsome Dan from Wayne's World Two. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't remember him. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the the guy fucking uh from Money Pit. Uh, his name is uh, Montagna, Not uh, I want to say Tony Montagna, but that's not it. Yeah. Uh, it's just shit, man, I can't even think of his name. I'm it was from on Godfather Three. Uh, So anyways, besides him, we got Michael McKeon, who is Lenny from Lenny and Squiggy and from Spinal Tap. He was great in this. We've also got David Arquette was in this movie, Chris Farley. Yeah, Joe Montana, Joe Montana. okay. Uh, I was saying Tony. Uh, Joe Montana. yeah, he was great in this movie. Uh, You also got so many great, like, really weird kind of character actors that show up. Harold Ramis is in this movie for a brief, brief uh, point in the movie, and he was really friggin' funny in it. And so what's going on is you've got Brendan Fraser... Uh, who's in a band called the Lone Rangers, which they make fun of all the time, because he says, how are you pluralizing the Lone <laughs> <Yeah>. Ranger? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so he's a lead singer. The uh, the The guitarist is Steve Buscemi with long hair, wearing Metallica shirts and everything, and I loved him in this movie so much. And then Adam Sandler, super young Adam yeah. Sandler. playing,
2: like, everything. That's who his, every character he ever yeah, did was. Yeah, it's kind of
0: like an, an, uh, a kind of combination of all that together, and he plays the... Um, uh, the drummer in the movie, and he plays Pip, and he's really kind of soft-spoken and uh, really, really funny. There's yeah. Some great scenes I'll talk about with him in it. So they all they want to do is get big. They want to be famous. They want to play their music. Brandon Fraser's uh, got a gorgeous, uh, like blonde, big-titted girlfriend who just thinks he's a loser and he's never going to become anything. So he, he wants to make shit happen. So he's showing up at the radio station to try to get his uh, his tape shown. So they come up with this kind of plan where they're going to break into the uh, radio station, but they show up with with, like, these squirt guns. Water these, pistols. Like, realistic-looking like Uzi yeah. kind of um, water pistols in, like, a bag. So once they get in there, they end up showing up at the booth while Joe Montagna's on fucking the air. And he's, like, an old-school rock and roll guy, and he knows uh, that... Uh, the, the station is slowly going to become easy listening That's and everything. That's so right. He's I forgot kinda, about that. He's kind of lost his kind of uh, his his love for rock and roll, so he loves the fact that these, for a, a brief point, he loves the fact that these guys have the gusto to break into the... Uh, it's real rock the, and roll, uh, it's man. It's real rock and yeah. roll. So he, He's like, oh, you want us to play your stuff and everything, and uh, then Michael McKeon comes in. He's like the producer or the uh, the station manager. He says, get these fuckers out of here. And all of a sudden, they whip out their fucking Uzis on the, on the air and everything and everyone screams and it becomes this huge incident Ernie Hudson also he played yep. one of the cops in this yep. movie too uh, and so all of a sudden outside there's like loads of people and the Lone Rangers have taken over the radio station uh, also one of the cops is the great Chris Farley the great
2: scene that's my favorite scene <laughs>
0: where they send him to look for uh, Brandon Fraser's girlfriend at the club where white zombies playing on the fucking stage yeah. and everything and he's got to go find him and he, that's the scene where he rips that guy's nipple ring out so oh, funny so dude because
2: he like calls him a pig or something like that yeah he, he just, just says what are you going to do
0: about that and he's yeah. like improvise yeah, and he just just
2: rips his nipple ring out uh, and, oh it's so funny yeah, though really like, really
0: great some of the best stuff he's like we gotta ask for crazy shit man he's like ask for like uh for like football helmets filled with cottage cheese yeah. naked pictures of uh, uh of uh mod from uh, or like uh, uh dorothy from the golden girls and everything so they're asking for crazy stuff man it was be arthur be arthur that's yeah. right so funny man and they uh that great scene with uh harold Ramis, who they're at the like door and harold ramus is like we want to sign you guys this is some great exposure and everything just come out we'll, we'll sign you and they, they want to like uh, prove this guy that he's like a, a plant that the cops put him in there and, and they were like uh who who's who's uh better uh David Lee Roth or uh or Sammy Hagar and the guy's like Sammy Hagar he's like ah yeah. and he says, poser <laughs> and then they were like who who's uh more important uh, uh Lemmy or God and he was like uh, Lemmy uh, or like God and he's like no trick question Lemmy, Lemmy is, God. is God yeah, yeah. <laughs> well stuff, and man. remember
2: like as the as the standoff goes on because they have these these Uzis yeah um they're filled with like chili pepper water yeah 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 um and at one point he's holding the gun and the door goes to close yep. and it closes and breaks off the tip of the gun and the water spills out <laughs> yeah. and then they realize that it's, you know, uh, a fake gun. They're yeah. like, it's a toy gun. What's his name? Marshall, Be- uh, Marshall Bell. Um, yeah, Marshall Bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was the cop
0: that was in the, uh, outside talking him uh, through it. The guy yeah. who played Quatto, He was also, uh, from, yeah, and uh, also Total he recall. was the
2: uh, P.E. teacher from Friday the 13th. or I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. The one that gets whipped in the shower.
0: Oh, shit, man. With I the jumping ropes. It. Oh, wow. Oh, dude.
2: Such a huh. major scene, dude.
0: The, uh... Also, Michael Richards is in like the duct work. Right yes. like, when the uh, station gets taken over by them, he goes into like the fucking duct work and he's like relaying stuff to Marshall. He's gonna outside. be their inside man. He's gonna be the inside guy and everything. And uh man, there's just so many great funny scenes. One of my favorite scenes from the movie is where Steve Buscemi is in the hallway with Adam Sandler and he's he says, You got you can't be as weak as you're being, Pip. He says, You gotta really you gotta make people believe it. He says, I want you to practice with the gun here and everything and he And Steve Buscemi's like, here, I'll show you how to do it. Steve Buscemi grabs the fake gun. He's like, let me see your hands, you motherfucker. I'll kill every one of you. And he was, like, so convincing. And Adam Sandler's like, he's like, all right, I'll give it a whirl. And he's like, his voice is cracking. he's like, all right, everyone put their hands up and everything. Or I'm going to stab you in the head. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Stab with what? With my dick. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's right, yeah. Because he always did that thing where he was, like, very, like, Low and, and yeah, like and a spring weak. A coil spring. Yeah. And just, then all, like, all of a sudden he just raw. Like, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> it was
0: so great where they're like eventually they're having this huge concert out in the fucking, uh, uh, out in the parking lot. And it's just, you got the idea that it was a straight up comedy and no one in the kind of, uh, in in the um, the studio actually was never in a fear for their life. Yeah, they, no, they all wanted them to guys succeed. Were, yeah, they realized that all these guys were weren't going to do anything and everything, so they there was no threat to it. But there was uh, Michael McKeon played the asshole that they wanted to like screw over and everything, and uh, yeah, they were all on their side by the end of the movie. And everything. Yeah. it was it was
2: fun. It man. really was, dude. And,
0: really great soundtrack, man. I can't get over how great this soundtrack was. I played the hell out of it. Did you? Yeah, man. It was such a fun movie, and it was a, it was a great springboard for a lot of their careers. You know, Brendan had done like Encino Man, and was about to do bigger stuff. with the. Once he got the mummy, he just yeah. like took off, man. And uh, then he did a lot of serious dramas and everything, and he disappeared. Now he's slowly coming back in. Uh, me and Dave were talking about the last pod. We're happy to see Brendan come back. Yeah. Uh, Steve Buscemi went in to do some serious stuff. I mean, he played Nucky on like the Boardwalk Empire, which yeah. was a huge role for him, and then he did a lot of serious stuff. Now he's slowly coming back to the comedy. I don't know if you saw that show. Uh Damn, I can't even remember the name of it. Where he played God and uh, Harry Potter uh, was in it. Daniel Ratcliffe, Oh, I never saw that. And uh, he he was up in heaven and he was controlling stuff people were doing on Earth. But he was like this lackadaisical, lazy God who was just eating cereal all day long <laughs> and wanted to play with toys and stuff. And it was really funny to see Steve Buscemi in that role. It's,
2: it's interesting. Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi kind of became buddies, I think, during this role. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I just randomly happened to be watching uh, Mr. Deeds last night. Oh wow. And I love where you know because he played Crazy eyes, yeah, and I love his role in that. And there's that point where he's in Steve Buscemi's in jail, and Adam Sandler brings him the pizza, and he's like, "Oh, you know me, French fries and Oreos." <laughs> and he says, Who, "Who's your friends?" And and he says, "You know the friends' names and whatever." And he's like, "I don't like them," <laughs> <laughs> like, but I think he's been in a number of uh, Billy uh,
0: Madison. I'm glad I called that, that guy. guy exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they, they yeah. must have been close from the uh, from the get go, man, yeah. because he he put him in a lot a lot of stuff, man. So. Airheads, very fun to watch, man. You don't get to see Brendan Fraser in that type of role uh, anymore, or even Adam Sandler, man. I mean, yeah. you watch Uncut Gems and then Ugh. go back to Airheads. Never going to watch Airheads. that movie he was again. He so thin. He's wearing, like, that half shirt where he's just showing his tiny belly yeah. off and No, he and got ripped for a young. little while, though. I mean, he was probably only 22 in the movie, so it was it was very interesting to see him kind of play that role. Uh, super fun movie, man. It, Absolutely. It certainly I'm glad was, you picked that one. It was a major one in 94. I had just graduated high school. I just moved up north. We went to, uh, we did a lot of stuff, me and my cousin, up uh, between that. I moved up north for a year, so from 94 to 95. So we went to the movies all the time. We went to live wrestling events. That whole summer, man, was just like an incredible summer. And Airheads was like one of the top tier movies that we had seen at that time. So it had to make it to the top of my list, man. Hell yes. Super good, man. Yeah. Great list. I, there's a bunch on, that, uh, on your list that I'm wrote down that I can uh, go back and check out the (laughs) Iterocracy Uh, for sure, and uh, definitely the Fantasy Island man. Uh, that sounds right up my alley. It's and worth that, that's it. That's a man. red box movie for sure. So I'm gonna. I think I got to go to Publix later on. So I might pick that one up, and maybe the Invisible Man or, or the Hunt, just to watch some modern ones. Might have it. Might change my wild card next week. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I see anything really fabulous, but there hasn't been a whole lot coming out. You know, the, yep. I mean, we're almost up to the point where there like nothing else has come out. The best then.
2: of pod this year is gonna be a little Ooh, difficult. It's gonna be weak, man. It <laughs> might be just a best. I think of. W- I think we might have just talked about. Two yeah i know yeah <laughs> so
0: you forget what came out and it, it's it's i mean this the last part of the year is looking grim man i know dude. i was hoping for some uh um some uh what do you call it uh black widow and uh it's yeah. done it's yeah. done and uh, they killed not, it no no i mean it's finished oh, okay. it's done but uh but Disney doesn't want to release it on uh, the network. I can understand why. They have to make like $600 million to, uh to probably break even because it's the, that big of a movie.
2: But if you put it on on demand at $20. Everyone would buy it. So you're they gonna, can't do it
0: on Disney. You'd have to do it on that like $20 yeah, purchase yeah, type of and, thing. Yeah,
2: and you're going to make your money yeah. because people want to see that. Marvel has a huge following. Yeah. You just invested all this money. Yeah, you got to Disney realize. World is fucking shut down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... They, they said
0: it. that Tenant movie, the uh, the new uh, the guy who Christopher, uh, what's the guy who did uh, Inception? Uh, we did a whole podcast uh, Christopher Nolan. That movie, The Tenant, that they made, that's supposed to be really good. That's the one with Robert Pattinson is in it, and they have all this weird stuff it's dealing with time travel and stuff. Uh, they said that they have to make so much money to make their money back, and they don't think they're gonna make that money back.
2: Well, they're gonna have to start restructuring yep. the way that they make. Indie movies, movies coming back. I was man. about to say they're I'll gonna tell have to you, call you. I got you. five of them. I'll tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> and you can uh, you can give us money for our next one, man. So it's, it's interesting what's going to be coming out in the, in the next six months. I have no idea. No one has any idea. we not. I, I know what it's going to look like. I keep seeing trailers, so there must be. And I think people have gone back to work in a lot of the. Uh, I know uh, that
2: they've st- uh, restarted filming on Matrix Four.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they must be just testing these people and they're keeping them in these kind of like areas. But they're going to have to be careful. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's probably better for all the filmmakers not to be filming here in the states. Yeah. But then again, you're going to have to worry about countries allowing people from the United States in there which I sure as hell wouldn't let oh dude have you
2: have you seen the the travel list oh yeah it's like everything we're not gonna allow it anywhere we can go to like Albania yeah like and and being from
0: Florida we can't go to other states we can't go to New York right now they want us to self quarantine for 14 (laughs) days I was like, well, this is my vacation. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I was, we were so looking forward to vacations. We wanted to go back to Iceland this year. It was totally on our list to go to Iceland and go around the ring road and go see glaciers and shit. And they're not letting us in. Yeah. I don't blame them. I wouldn't let us in either.
2: I, I was really, really like, probably more excited about being able to go and do this than i have in a long time as far as going to a movie theater but when they announced that matrix 4 and john wick 4 were going to be released on the same day so they got double feature dude i would have probably seen both of them twice in the same day i just spent the whole movie or a whole day at a movie theater and now they can't do that and now keanu reeves can't start filming john wick 4 until he finishes matrix 4 and like who knows when
0: Who knows when that's gonna come I, out? That's yeah, finished dude.
2: too. I saw the trailer for yep. it. I, I'm ready. You know what I mean? But oh, man, you know.
0: They're talking about uh, uh Keanu doing uh, uh, Marvel. Uh, they, they're
2: was it the Immortals? They're talking
0: about no. They're talking about a lot of people are angling that he's gonna play Namor, which is. Uh, uh, he's it's like Aquaman, but not yeah. Know, he's he's yeah. under the sea and everything. He does look like he could be for that. Did you hear the the news that dropped for the new Flash movie though? No. Uh, they got Batman coming back. They got Michael Keaton coming what? back to play a major major Batman role in the new Flash movie, which I'm hoping that will kind of bring him back. So he's
2: gonna, play he's gonna play Batman. Oh my god! It's you a, just make <laughs> my day, dude. Yeah,
0: it's a uh, a major one of the biggest uh, stories ever uh, in the Flash comic book series is something called flashpoint uh-huh. i don't know what it is i i've just heard it i don't i'm not a huge dc guy so i don't know a lot of the storylines but when i heard, i even i not knowing a lot of dc stuff knows that flashpoint is the big kind of flash movie storyline so yeah. and it deals with time travel and him going back and forth and everything through time because he can run so quick and everything oh interesting and uh that's why I heard Michael Keaton signed on to play Batman. Wow, so dude. I th- hope that opens it up and we can see him in the Dark Knight returns and all the other stuff.
2: I'll tell you, I've mentioned this before and it was it was such a personal like high point, but also a letdown as far as like the show on TV when he was doing uh SNL. Yeah. And uh, as a guest, just like a yeah, I think too. I think it was even just a guest spot. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he was the host. Okay, um, but he was standing at a podium giving yeah, a speech. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. and he was like, "You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts!" <laughs> and the whole crowd, like one person, clapped for that. What? Nobody long, got it. And I, I mean, my jaw dropped and I got goosebumps because I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it!" It's, Nobody got it. it's it One was... of
0: my favorite lines from the entire Batman movie because it was the only time where he lost his shit. Yeah, you know, and he, this. The only time in the whole movie he got angry, yeah, and just to see him go full like Dream Team—that's what I thought of when I saw it. I was like, "Oh shit, this is like." And a lot of people think that's what that line is from. People think it's from Dream Team. I've met so many people. I thought so
2: many people thought it was from Beetlejuice.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I haven't heard that story. Uh It's one of the most misquoted. It's not misquoted because the quote's right, but it's like the mismatched movie of what it's from. Yeah, because it's it's so not kind of a Bruce Wayne thing, but it's when he's at Vicky Vale's thing and he breaks. Standing there with the fire, breaks the vents uh, vase, vase, and he. Right before uh, uh, Jack shoots him. Yep. Uh, he's like, want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. But yeah, I've heard Dream Team, and now I've heard uh, Beetlejuice. That's interesting. Yeah. What's well, from Batman? <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that, dude. Yeah, I, it's going to be exciting, because I probably would not have been interested in seeing the Flash movie w- without that. No. Now that I hear he's in it, I'm in. I'm, I'm on board. I'm still hoping that they may, they, they fix DC, man. There's got to be a way to fix that shit. Well, I saw... P- picking um, the right director is a is a start.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw Justice League, and it was all right, but I have to say that one of my favorite aspects of that was the Flash being in it. Yeah. Um, and he was, like, young and, like, kind of stupid, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, whatever, it's not a spoiler. At the end of uh, of the movie, um, what is it, Henry Cavill uh, yep. plays Superman. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the movie, they finally are going to have that race yep. between Superman and Flash. And they do, like, two seconds of it, and you never know who wins yep. or whatever. But it's just this really cool scene, you know what I mean? Like, I, Well,
0: what's interesting about Justice League is uh, Zack, uh Snyder had to be pulled from the uh, from the movie because I think— I don't want to get this wrong— but i think his daughter committed suicide. Oh wow. And it was like a major kind of personal event and he had to leave the shoot. And then Josh Wheaton came and and continued with it and people always people's biggest thing on comic book resources and websites and everything is we want the Zack Snyder cut because Zack says my movie would have been different. I had so many scenes that were left out of it. Mm-hmm. And people are like give us the Zack Snyder cut. Give it to it. We hear it's a better movie because a lot of people had major problems with uh, yeah. Justice League and they thought maybe it was the Josh Wheaton stuff. Mm-hmm. So HBO Max
2: just about to say that just yeah. said
0: hey we're releasing the Snyder cut and that's awesome smart move by oh them. yeah super dude super smart move because it got everyone to to get and with me I thought it was gonna be a new service it just. I have HBO. I've always had HBO. Mm-hmm. It just transitioned to HBO Max. It's, oh, really? It's, yeah. It's if you have HBO, you have HBO Max. Uh-huh. It just transitioned. The whole icon and everything changed on my Apple TV too. Interesting. It. So I'll automatically have it. So I'll have to go back. I own Justice League and still haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to watch the bad version. You're not and missing. And then I'm going to go watch the good version, and then I'll be able to kind of come back and we'll we'll talk about it on one of the, our pods and everything of which uh, which we think is better and everything because I it sucks that the Marvel movies are so good and yeah. the DC so and bad, I want to like the DC. I really want to love them. I like, really want, and there's some that are somewhat decent. But uh, to be honest with the early ones, I mean the the Michael Keaton Batman, the oh, Christopher Reeve yeah. Superman, those were all good. Yeah. I mean, but those were uh, they had the formula that worked well with uh, Marvel, which is like uh, infall- or fallible characters and likable characters, and not as dark and not as cheesy and stupid. I mean, I see parts of. Uh, Aquaman, and I'm like, maybe I'll give this movie a shot. And I see clips from and I say, can't fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so fucking stupid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll, I'll end this on a little heartwarming note Ooh, here. All right. um, have you heard about that little boy who saved his sister yes, from? Yes, I the- was
0: going to bring that up to you. Dude. And I saved the video so I can show my wife because I don't think she's seen anything in the news in the last week.
2: Yeah, so there was this little boy. His sister was being attacked by a dog. He saved her. He his stood, face, stood
0: right in front of her. Yeah,
2: his face was, you know, mauled. Mauled, but you good know.
0: stitches, but he looked like he had probably 40 or 50. Oh, yeah, and there's a lot of he have a scar.
2: And I have seen videos from Captain America. I've just
0: seen the Chris Evans and the Robert Downey Jr.
2: one. Captain America, Iron Man and Spider-Man also Oh, I did him. see the Spider-Man one. So Captain America is going to send him, you know, Chris Evans is going to have him sent. A, that was a great video. A, 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 really oh, touching. Dude, no, it, it made me tear yeah, up. Yeah, if you're dude. not choking up at the end of it, you're yeah. not human. Um, so he's going to send him a real shield. Robert Downey Jr. is gonna show up at his next birthday party. With a secret with present. With a secret present. You Just know? because
0: he wants to outdo Chris Evans Absolutely. And he even talks about like yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. with
2: him and Cap in the yeah. Avengers, you know. Um and I don't uh, know if
0: Tom did Tom Holland uh promise anything? Tom
2: Holland told him that they're gonna start shooting the new Spider Man soon. Yeah and told him that anytime he wants to come and be on the set, he oh. can come while they film. I was the movie. listening
0: to Tom Holland. One, and God, it makes I me kinda, choke up now. Just I was kind of hoping that he didn't use his British accent because you could tell the kid was a little confused by Spider-Man's British accent. Yeah. I really wish he had gone on and just done his American yeah. accent to just for the kid, but he didn't. I mean, he wanted to, he introduced himself as Tom and I'm sure that's not the end of it. I'm sure we'll see Mark Dude, Ruffalo and I'm all sure these Deadpool other people. Deadpool
2: will probably, uh, he might be too young for Deadpool. this kid but...
0: really deserves the focus, uh, this is like you said, an uplifting thing in like a world of shit right now. Yeah. This kid it saved his sister's life, man, yeah. and just put his own body at risk. And I, I love the picture of him just standing next to his sister, proud, yeah. with his face yeah. all mangled, like he just got home from the hospital. His eye is swollen up, the stitches it's are blood fresh, blood red. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It's really pull that video up, man. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, it is it really will make your day better? It's yeah. really good. Good, good way, good way to end it, man so we will be back next week with another wild card episode and then after that me and Justin are going to be back again for some 2000s horror man Hell Yeah, we yes. should come back over here man I like the outdoor yeah, shit man it's a lot absolutely dude we'll do it Then putting phones to your ears and shit it does sound good though up until last time we tried it. Yeah. it it did sound really well so wild card then we got some 2000s horror and then me and Dave are going to do some uh, uh, a pod specifically about method actors spy number 12 <laughs> yeah no don't, don't get him <laughs> on that we're going to do method actors we're going to do a, a split pod where we're going to deal uh, with Sean Penn, and um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Nice. And we were already, me and Dave were already talking about doing a Method Actress pod, and the first one that came uh, to our minds easily was Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah. We're thinking of, what are the actors that completely transform themselves to, you cannot even tell it's the same person. Mm -hmm. Charlize Theron, boom, falls into that. We're trying to figure out the other actress. We're like, who would it be, you know? Yeah. And, and And we'll think of something, Yeah. but it doesn't stand out as much as Charlize of who that could be. Yeah somebody though yeah Uh, so we'll be back with that so if you want to leave us a like or a comment you can leave that on itunes or soundcloud our two platforms you can also shoot us an email fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment or a like or just check out the photos that we put up on facebook under a fascinated with films until next time see ya wild card bitches wait shoot I i better do this them doctor come here get it all wrong piss off the demon blows all the white man's hell and i ain't got time for that come on <laughs>